What's going on, guys and gals? My name is Chris Tondewood, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where we try to find people that have found that balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their passions, dreams, or hobbies. This week, we have Josh and Rich from the Baltimore-based band Birthright. I've known these guys for a long time, and it was a great time catching up, and their chemistry definitely comes through in the episode. We talk about movies and how great The Lighthouse and Kangaroo Jack are, how spicy both a Carolina Reaper and a Sprite is, the differences between amateur and professional wrestling, the insane way Birthright records music, the ability to express and communicate your feelings, and the drive to continue to better the community around you through any way you can. It's a long conversation, but definitely worth it. We recorded this episode at the Birthright House. The audio is a little wonky at times with some mic bleed and background noise here and there. Did my best to get rid of it, and overall, it's not too noticeable. As always, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and subscribe on Google Play or however you get your podcast. Thank you for everything. Here's a show. Enjoy. There's a few brands that I would get a tattoo if I'm like, hey, would you guys pay for this? Or do, what do I get? There was a couple uh, companies that I know that definitely did that, that would allow to like you get branded. Yeah. And they would like brand you on your face or like right on whatever the most visible spot is, like your arm or something. It's where it's not like the underneath of your arm or like your thigh, but yeah. it's definitely a, like a piece of you. To where you have to show it all the time. Like that's, and you have to like take pictures and stuff like that. I saw that a couple years ago where this dude got a tattoo and he was paid like only like five grand. It was something, it was something small. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how much you put into your tattoo work, five grand is not that far from what you actually invest in your own self. Yeah. It's if you take $5,000 and like pick an object and be like, hey, would you like, get this shitty tattoo for this like okay used car. Yeah, the number sounds scarier than I think then like you no. know. Yeah. I just disagree, man. Oh, we're going I mean we're going to die. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who cares? I mean, I don't I don't think I would get like a uh, a Honda Accord tattooed on me. For a Honda Accord though? Fine well, machine. Well, for for a Honda Accord, sure. All right, that's, you can get it. That's what I'm saying. You I, get like, I, I, see, now we're talking different. Like, if somebody was just like, hey, would you get the Toyota logo for a Tacoma? Like, right now, I like, guess. Well, you're Tacoma, though. Oh. And that's what I said. And you were just like, that's dumb. And then I broke it down. You were like, I love it. <laughs> if, if it's like an old raggedy thing that I'm going to use for like two years, no. But if they're going to be like, here's a brand new one. No, because you even know those old Toyota Tacomas. Yeah, they're great. Are built to last. They are. They're built Ford Tough Man. Those Toyota <laughs> Tacomas. <laughs> my, my issue with the Tacoma is that I tried buying one and they were all out of my price range, even if they were like 20 years old and they all made me sad because they don't die. And I'm, I'm looking at trucks right now. Not, not don't do it. Next year. You're going to be the sad. Tacoma, the Tacoma, I've, no, I've looked at Tacomas, man. They're, they're not cheap. I mean, the nice thing is that they, they last forever, but it really is like investing in a house where you hopefully you have this for 20 years and then it continues to like, you can give it to a kid. Yeah. Like that's, that's the whole idea. You want your truck to make it to the divorce. Yeah. So you can just like sit in the bed and pet your dog. <laughs> that's the dream. In the bed. Yeah. Cause that's all you have at the end of the day is your truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, only have, you, you only have yourself, yourself and your truck, man. It's- My only issue with the Tacoma now is that they always have like the four door version of it. What's wrong with that? Man, I don't need all that room. I want a bigger bed. And also, if I'm going to get a divorce, I don't see the kids that much. It's fine. It's just me. I want less room to be able to haul all my shit out. 
I think it's crazy that, that the further you get south, the more like the tr- your truck like is your identity. Yeah. Like in Alabama, like you are defined by like your Ford F-150. <laughs> <laughs> that's like all that matters. It's like, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, he's an 07 Ford. Because <laughs> with the, with Texas, the only thing that I think about Texas, I used to sell the, the trucks. I used to sell Ford trucks. Yeah. So the only thing I think about Texas is the King Ranch or like like any of the like Oklahoma or whatever. I've seen, yeah, I've seen Friday Night Lights. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I guess. So you, you know, you, you know where it's like the fucking wood paneling inside the the trucks. Yeah. Everything's oh, yeah. so nice, but it's like why why are you buying this? And you're in, first you're in Maryland. Second, you're not doing anything with this truck. All it is is a, a ninety thousand dollar piece of thing that you're going to just ride around in the car that you take to Pizza Hut because it's the only <laughs> restaurant in your town. <laughs> But you pull up the Pizza Hut looking so good. They closed all the Pizza Hut dining rooms. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah. Wait, you mean like because of COVID or not because of COVID? No, because, because like Pizza Hut sucks. Like <laughs> 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 even the one we had moved across the street. It's all carry out now. Really? Yeah, I figured just What's do. the rest of the restaurant? Oh, no, they moved to a new building. They used to do food poisoning to go. <laughs> Hold up. The, you're talking about the one right near where you used to work? Yeah, but we don't need to say exact streets. We don't need all the listeners. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I get it that. Moved, yeah, moved from the... It's next to Cordoba now. My mind is blown. I'm okay yeah. with food store pizza. I actually hate DiGiorno. I think DiGiorno... Like, Grocery sucks. store pizza is what he means by food store pizza when you're wondering. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure that out. Like, yeah. are, are, are you he talking about... He calls it the food store. We have this argument a lot, actually. <laughs> what, what, no, what is a grocery? <laughs> Uh, know, everything man. like guess food yeah. and but we're also talking about like stuff for, like pantry spices. stuff and like yeah. I mean, they have like one aisle of other shit that's not food in one aisle they have like school supplies for like the single parent that has to get crayons <laughs> while they're picking up hamburger helper like it's a food store man yeah like Walmart why are you saying that it's like insulting like I think that's fine <laughs> yeah so they don't have to go to Rite Aid afterwards. Look, I bought like cat food and cat litter there once. Yeah, but yeah, cat food has the word food in it. <laughs> it's food, uh, not, yeah, I mean, not like, God humans. damn it. I guess, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, oh, no, I bought a cat toy from there uh, last week. It's an accessory, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's enough <laughs> it's to an generally change the, the theme of we have food and cat toys and crayons. Well, so do you count Walmart that has like the food stuff in there a food store now? I don't even know what to call Walmart. Walmart's not even retail. Oh, dude, he's about to eat the Carolina Reaper. That sucks. I did one once. It was terrible. For anyone listening, we're watching a food show. Oh, we're, yeah. We're, we're totally, watching Man vs. Uh, food. I don't know if you've heard of on it. On Silent. On the Cooking Channel, which is a huge downgrade, I think. And it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I thought it was still Food Network. That's what it was on before, right? Food Network? Yeah. Okay. So there's two things with this. One, the host is definitely like, I feel a step down. No, I say step up. I think he's goofy I and think, I like it. Right. So I think step down in like food capacity, but step up in character and like enjoyment of watching it. I I also think you have to consider the market for the people that are like, we're like, oh, I didn't know this show existed or this guy was alive. I didn't know the, the cooking pe- channel existed. The people that are like ride or die, like Tuesday at nine, like oh, new man versus <laughs> food. Like there, I think this is the market for them up that Melissa McCarthy alley. I feel like he needs to be doing my, more like Chris Farley-esque motions, like the really like jerky. Right, right. Like man, like down by the river kind of. If he did that, I'd probably watch more of this show. Because he looks like he has kind of that personality for it. And he looks actually, Chris Farley is pretty spot on. But he looks like he's still like ex-football lineman yeah. enough. Well, the fi- the ex- facial expressions are what made me think Farley. Because yeah. when he like looks at the camera, he, he gives you that like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's he got that eyebrow yeah. a little bit. He's yeah, got that like, look to he, him. He's, yeah. aw- he's aware of, of, of the camera. Yeah, he's he's definitely dialing it in for it. 
But I did see him. We the first the, my, my first impression is kind of torn because the first thing I said he lost he lost and he had like he had like two or three bites left and it's just like dog what two or three bites like come on he loses all the time we did a mar- not a marathon we watched like two or three in a row one day and I don't really care if he wins <laughs> or not I really like seeing the food I mean, you- see I'm only in it for the competition they could like take <laughs> him out of- if they took him out of it it would be fine and they just like showed like just the food highlight reels of food I, I, I do like cool. him better than. Is it Adam Richman? Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, shout out to Cooking Channel for the cooking thousand dollars. Yeah, I could watch this channel all day. Uh, I mean, I probably could if they paid me, but they don't. So, yeah, fuck well, yeah I hate the cooking channel. Uh, <laughs> this can go either way. The Carolina Reaper, dude. I did one of those. They Why? Were, uh, a buddy of mine came up was like, if I get one, will you, will, you, will you eat it? And I was like, yeah, totally thinking like he's not going to get one. And like weeks later, I met, I was coaching Little League football. Right, okay. And he comes up to me like after a practice is like, I got it. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, what? No. Oh, crazy. And it's like in this like very like intimidating silver bag. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. And so like, I'm like, all right, like, all right, you want to go back to my crib and we'll do this? He's like, nah, I want you to do it right here in front of all the kids and everything. And I'm like, no, cool. you don't. I did. It'd be even weirder if you went if you guys like went to your house and he just like stood there and watched you. <laughs> no, I, mean, like, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't nice. like just, it was like I mean he he made it a thing. Like his mom and his wife came out to like film it and shit. And- I wish I had that drive for anything <laughs> that like he did because he probably won't have one like planted when you said that. And he's like right. packing the dirt. Just, like, Justin oh, is my yeah. dude. The guy just Justin. Ju- Never mind. Actually, I'm no. not even gonna tell that story. Okay, but no, uh, you're welcome, Justin. Because <laughs> he will listen to this. You're welcome, Justin. <laughs> Shout out to, just- to Justin for the. Yeah, he shows up with this with this Carolina Reaper, and so I'm like, all right, cool. And all the kids are amped about it. Yeah, I'm like, cool. So I'm not gonna let like I'm not gonna be that guy. Yeah, so you I can't you can't puss out at that point, D- right? You can't, dude. And so this is like the hottest pepper ever, and I I eat it, and I like I don't let it touch my lips. And I'm thinking like I'm just gonna eat. I'm like I'm gonna chew it, bite it once to test the waters, and then I'm just gonna swallow it and hope for the best and see how it goes. And that's essentially what happened. Is I I, I bit it off of it. I bit down a little bit on it. Okay. And like it's it got the juices on my tongue. And yeah. I was like, nah. And so I was like, I was like, cool. Basically swallowed it whole and like took some water afterwards. I was like, cool. And so like afterwards, I'm like, I'm not dead. Like, I'm good. I'm like, what's up? This is fine. And then like the tip of my tongue like starts to like yeah, catch yeah, yeah. fire. And I'm like, whoa. And then it just slowly moved back. I started like joking around, like bending over. I was like, oh my God, that hurts. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not like. I'm on my knees now. And then it's like, <laughs> by the end of it, I'm literally like laying on the, the field. Yeah. And yeah. it was, it was like a bad mood, like a bad, like sitcom or something. Cause I'm, as I'm laying there, all the lights go out and I'm like, for real, <laughs> I'm like, this is awful. And I, dude, it was, I had to call it to work the next day. Well, no, I didn't have to call out. It was, I had the day off. I, we, uh, I had the day off the next day, Okay, but I was good. incredibly thankful that I, I had the day off the next yeah. day because I could, I, I wouldn't have made it. We did the one chip challenge once. That stupid potato chip that sucks. No, and I think I think Sprite spicy. Like I fucking <laughs> hate spicy food. And like we ate it. And I I it was it was like seriously like it was fucking bad. It was that like it was like forty five minutes after I touched my eye and like that that was bad. You're like crying and sweating. But like the next day was like I just had like this knot in my stomach. And yeah, I wouldn't recommend. I get so worried because I already have like bad enough. Uh, acid reflux and like yeah. heartburn and shit. It's different. It's just like a different level of heat. <laughs> right. But if I would ever to like somehow talk myself into trying either of those things, either the chip or the straight pepper, yeah. I think I would be out of commission for like six months. It's not worth it. Thousands of dollars for me to do it again. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, thousands of dollars for me to do it. I did it. I did it because I was like, I don't want to seem like a sissy. Right. And like afterwards, I was like, I don't like from here on, like I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? If Justin called me a pussy for the next 17 years. You're all right with that. I'm, I would have, I should have been fine with that. <laughs> I should have been fine with that. So, <laughs> peer pressure, man. Peer pressure peer is like, real. Peer, yeah. pre- peer pressure has a great record. <laughs> it's undisputed. That's funny. You were uh, coaching your football team. Is that what you said? Yeah, it was a little league football yeah, team. Yeah, so you can't time. really like be in front of them. They can't take you serious. If Well, how do they feel after seeing you just like almost die in front of them? I mean, they they were. I think they were like ten or eleven years old. Man, they were they were just. They thought it was funny. They had a good okay. time with it. They, okay. they, those guys, they they just. It's uh, I don't know. It, it's really neat. A lot of them are. They're just. They listen. They're good kids. They don't look at you different because of something that happened. But some are god awful. <laughs> some have records. You said it, not me. They have tattoos. I've had I've had a couple kids, and wrestling is my main sport. I coach football yeah, for yeah, a couple yeah. years, but wrestling is my main sport, and that's where I coach. I coach at my old high school, and I, I'm also the commissioner for the little league uh, wrestling in gotcha. the area. So, like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I haven't had kids where I'm just like. <laughs> I, I'm like, please quit. Speaking of that, I knew a baby with a tattoo once. My I know, worked, I know my, a baby with a tattoo. My mom worked at a hotel when I was a kid, and they had this one-year-old baby <laughs> on his wrist. He got a tattoo that his dad's name was Willie, and the baby was oh, it was like a personalized Willie Junior. Oh yeah, like oh, I'm thinking because like Lincoln, my my nephew, who he's he's uh, just beat cancer. Oh okay, he has uh, three like little dot tattoos, and we always have him show off his tattoos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. Oh no, this baby had. I like, thought yeah, that's what on, you were talking on, about. You were talking his, about like he had like a personalized tattoo on his wrist. It said Willie with the Libra logo. Goodness <laughs> and he was gracious. like one, and he had his it. ears. That's pierced. gross. I don't, yeah, yeah. That's such a Libra thing to do. <laughs> that baby. I don't. I don't know what astrology means, so I'll. I'll take your word Neither for it. Neither do I. This probably part is probably not as surprising. He was probably like six four, and sometimes he would come in with makeup on, and it was weird. <laughs> and he was he got us bootleg DVDs for some reason. My mom was like really against bootleg DVDs, and I loved them. I got Anaconda two once. That's my so Joe funny. was like, "I'm gonna tell my mom, like, don't tell her. I'm gonna watch Anaconda two. I don't care if it's." I got a bootleg once. Uh, this dude uh, is a friend of mine's older brother, and he was just like, "I got this bootleg." I'm like, "What is he?" He's like, "Inglorious Bastards." And I was like, "Cool, like yeah, I'll get this bootleg from you." And I got it. And I put it in, and it was Inglorious Bastards in Russian with German subtitles. That's amazing. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> bro, that's like multicultural, bro. <laughs> I put it in, I watched like 10 minutes. I'm like, it has to stop doing this eventually. <laughs> I thought it was part of the movie. If you watched it 10 <laughs> times in a row, I think you'd get smarter. Right. It's like Donnie Darko. <laughs> Digesting all three yeah. languages at once. From- it's like Donnie Darko. Every time you watch, you're like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm smarter. It's one I don't want to try and test out as an adult. Yeah. Because some yeah. don't hold up. Some some movies do, some don't. And I don't know if Jake Gyllenhaal just like it hanging out in a bunny costume. Like, I Does know. It? Yeah, like my, my, my brother watches it and he's like, eh, now. But when we were when we were younger, him and I were both like, yeah, this movie rules. And now now he's like, eh. But I watched it. And I, I don't know. I guess maybe maybe it's nostalgia of it. But I'm like, I watch it. I'm like, it's a cool movie. Some movies you can't show somebody later. Like, I, I, you, like do you want to watch this movie from like, if you show it to him now, it would suck. Right. And if you didn't see it then, you like don't get it. Type like of most yeah, like Cannibal action. Holocaust. Like I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Like the new guy or you know. Does the, does the new guy not hold up? I haven't seen the new, new guy oh, in 10 years. No. 
I don't what which one's the new guy? The dude from Hustle and Flow, like the the white dude with the big nose. DJ Qual from yeah, like Road Trip. Skinny, skinny, nerdy yeah. looking dude. You right? remember yeah. he like went to high school and like the secretary broke his penis and he goes to jail and Eddie Griffith no. teaches him how to get do a look. He dives his hair, they bring a, a a big like tank, drop him off at school, take off his mask. And all the cops are like, run. And he has on like a denim jacket and like spiky blonde hair. And he becomes the new guy at the school. I have no idea what the fuck you just said, but okay. Yeah. And someone who saw it, they're like, oh yeah, I get it. Uh huh. And, and they covered, play that funky music white boy at the end at the big dance. Wow. Like, yep. Okay. That's sorry to ruin it for anyone yeah. who just. Is, I, I've been tempted to watch the bench warmers recently. Don't, does that hold oh, up? Bench warmers definitely does not hold up. Really? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I know it's like the least PC. Do you know thing we're talking ever. about the bench warmers? Yeah, I don't Where's think it? any of those movies, though, like The Ringer and all that stuff. I don't think the any Ringer of them would does a little bit. The not as bad as the be, rest. The Ringer cannot survive. It, it, it 2020. couldn't survive no. these days. It's not as bad as no, some of the other ones. Dude. I'm not as much like ha ha <laughs> as I was when I was a kid. <laughs> you went doesn't suck when we. I, I thought we were about to watch Midsummer last night. Oh, it's real good. Dude, it was it's like, so it was good. like it's two, two so o'clock and you were like, do you want to watch Midsummer? Like the sun would be up before Midsummer was over. Well, I mean, the sun is up in Midsummer, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. We got to live that Midsummer lifestyle. Yeah. We got to live the Midsummer lifestyle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that movie ends, right? <laughs> no, I've only seen the first hour. <laughs> really? I've only seen no. the first, I've only seen the first two and a half no, hours of that movie. I, I told everyone, I was like, this movie Midsummer comes out today. We're going to see it. And they were like, whatever. I was really happy to see that in theaters. Yeah. I also don't think that I would want to watch it at home. And the reason for that is because when I saw it at a theater, the screen is so goddamn big that you're fully immersed I, all the way I through. I appreciate the theater experience a too. lot. Like there were movies like, yeah. like A Quiet Place I saw alone in theaters and it was like captivating because it's yep. silent. You hear yep. every leaf crunch and we're in home world talking. They're like, this sucks. I'm like, yeah, because you're talking over all the silence. Like, yeah. So I like I like that one because of that exact thing. Yeah. But I had, I had people talking in the theater. Oh, that sucks. But parts of it were really, really quiet. And like everybody was super tense and you could just feel that in the theater. Yeah. So that was really cool. But at home, because you can be even more quiet because it's just you, now it's even like, for me, it was even more intense. Have you seen Lighthouse yet? Yeah. I, I so I do another podcast yeah. that's all like movie stuff. Like, <laughs> I thought you about to be like, I do another podcast and it's just the Lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I don't want to humble bring. I have on very expensive A24 gym shorts right now. Why? A stimulus, baby. <laughs> I'm still working full time. What's up? What does that have to do with Lighthouse? Lighthouse in the May 24 movie. Oh, okay. Did you see it in theaters? No, yeah. and I'm I'm kicking myself in the foot. It was so fucking loud that like you hear oh, the wave sure. beating on the brick and the, the for the end, just that piercing noise. Yeah. Like fucking, I saw it alone. No one would go. And I left the theater and my hair was like all crazy. I looked like I hadn't slept. I was like, what so the fuck just that's happened? That's like, kind of the shitty thing about living in the southern part of Maryland that I have to travel so much to get to like weird indie movies that I still yeah. want to see. The other podcast that I do is uh, Art House Legends where we go through all the like really well-regarded movies yeah. and see if they still hold up. So. Parasite and yep. Lighthouse were the two movies that we did fairly recently. Yeah. And I saw those for the first time because they finally hit streaming. Oh, yeah. That's when I Parasite the first chance Parasite's we could so with. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. All of them. The fr we also have a lot more movie theaters up here. Have you been to Arundel Mills before with the mall? Yeah. Yeah. It's but probably, that's like two hours from me. It's probably 13 minutes from here. <sighs> I fucking hate both of you. All right. Tuesday, it's $5 all day long. That's so it? I, I can go yeah. $5 and it's like reserved seating. So I'll just go, go like sit in a recliner. Fuck yeah, and just go back to back. 
for the I, whole day? All day long. Yeah, dude. So you can buy five dollars for the whole day? One movie. Oh, no. okay. I mean, but like, but, but you can go see an eight PM movie for five dollars and stuff. Fuck yeah, like, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Dude, that's we 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 like you were talking about indie movies. We have the Charles, and they always get the really good ones. And the senator, too. oh yeah. I, I I had Josh help me convince everybody to go see uh, Foxcatcher when that came out there with Steve Carell. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Foxcatcher is my I, top, I saw top ten movie for me. I love that film. I went to the Senator Theater for mid nineties, and the the theater capacity was I think fourteen, and I just like love that. That oh. it's like four rows, like four or five rows of a few seats. When. I visited one of my friends in Philadelphia years ago and I saw, um, I think it was Philadelphia. It might've been Chicago. I don't remember. Large gap there. Yeah. It, it was one of those towns. Sounds like a rap song. We saw Suspiria, the first Suspiria from 1970, I think, in this teeny tiny like art house theater. And just the way that they were able to get all the sounds and everybody just like enjoying yeah. it. And the colors in that movie are just fucking ridiculous. I've never heard of this movie. It's crazy. They did a remake two years ago, maybe. But it's it's a ballet dancer. And they go to the school, um, or the super prestigious school, to go ahead and like try to train and be the best of the best or whatever. And then all this crazy shit happens because it's like a double as like a, um, a coven, like a witch's coven or some shit in there. It's really wild. Um, the band Goblin, if I remember right, did the original score. And it's all like a crazy, super um, 80s, weird sounding metal sometimes here and there. But it's very symphonic. And then it has weird shit, like different... I think they were using like different saws, like really long, like the lumber saws. Just really going weird with sounds. I like when you let someone score an entire movie, like Trevor Reznor's done a few times. Because you just get to like... One flow with the entire thing. Yeah, yeah but like, it was it was phenomenal. And then the colors in there. And for me, I'm partially colorblind, mostly colorblind. Yeah. I know what they are, but I don't know what they are. Yeah. Like I can see most of them, but I can't tell you what blue and purple or red really is. Sure. But still, seeing all the different colors that were in there yeah. was fucking ridiculous because you just feel like you're same thing with Midsummer where you see the ground changing you see everything yeah. changing around you and it was the exact same experience only this one was way more scary than the midsummer one because the midsummer almost felt good when the like the grass started coming up yeah this one was just did like you high see, intensity all the way did you see joker yeah i yeah. think for it being such a dark movie they were really able to accent with colors and weird places yeah and i like that um i thought joaquin phoenix was fantastic i think he saved an okay movie I'll be honest with you. If you plug I someone else, I don't like that movie. You really? I don't what? think I like that movie at Did all. You, you, I'm you, you, watching you, this man <laughs> season these ribs, and I'm kind of over here. I'm like, oh, they're talking about Joker. This is good. And then I, you, is that what you just said? Yeah. You didn't like yeah. It? What? Really? You just didn't like Joaquin Phoenix? What? Why? Like, so, the movie's okay. Dude, I don't want to yeah, see. Tom think, we're not trying to attack you, but yeah, yeah. bring it. But uh, so I think he Phoenix saved is an okay good. Script. Phoenix is is good, and yeah. I think the script is okay. He said if he wasn't in it, I feel like the movie is like a 45, 50. Yes. But he was so fucking good that I feel yeah. like it brought it up to the 75. And then the biggest, the biggest thing for me that just killed the whole movie, because I was I was more or less bought in for the entire way. And I was like, all right, this is cool. This is pretty good. He's insane, and that's fantastic. And yeah. I, I really like what he was doing the entire way. And I kind of like the origin story where he was kind of swept up with yeah. the whole movement. Like, I thought that was kind of cool and grounded. 
But what killed me was the end where for me, it looked like it was all in his fucking head. Yeah. And it was all a dream or all just like a hallucination yeah. of him. And I was like, so nothing matters. Nothing is real. Nothing happened. He's just fucking crazy. Yeah. And, and it just, it completely I, took me out of it and ruined the whole movie for really? me. Yeah. And I, 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 I was like, I can't, I'm not in this. And the only other thing that I didn't fully like was the relationship that he had with the neighbor. Because parts of it were okay, but they didn't differentiate it enough to really like make a bigger the, impact. That was the biggest tell that he the was whole, kind yeah. of nuts. The whole yeah. time I was like, yeah, this wouldn't work. He's like 45 and she's like 22. Right, right. You've acted like a, a fucking murderer the whole movie <laughs> and I don't really want you around my I kid. mean, it's just, he like romanticizes it in his head. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. that it, The movie kind of helped you like feel like is what's real and what's not. And that's probably what he's feeling. Yeah. He, he was probably like the fourth performance in my power rankings. And I, I would take him getting it over like some bullshit, but like I thought Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems and Defoe and Pattinson all were a lot, man, had stronger performances, but they didn't, the Lighthouse didn't even get fucking nominations. And that's when I was like, this is a fucking joke. The fact that not only did they not get any kind of acting nominations, but, they didn't have any kind of like effects nominations yeah. is a complete travesty because there's so much weird shit that happens in there and like the setting in there is completely weird yeah. and the lighting in it and the fucking, the, the fog horn throughout the whole movie is just, you've seen it? You've seen Lighthouse? I haven't seen Lighthouse, haven't. but go ahead and talk right, about cool. it. Don't, so yeah. the first thing is that it is shot in a square. The aspect ratio is completely different. It's done in, I think it's a 1.16 by one. Something, some weird aspect ratio. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. And then it's black and white, which is the second thing. And then you have 2.5 actors, actresses in the entire yeah. movie. Yep. And it's just the dynamic with the two of them. And I thought their chemistry was yeah. fucking... The biggest thing that I took away from it was not only those two, but the different like effects that are in there. Because it's in black and white, all the little CGI tricks that they kind of roll in are way better and way more believable because you're fully bought in. A, the aspect ratio makes you think that this is a completely different world. Yeah. All the way through. They were either piss hammered or like the best actors in the world. Yeah. yeah one, yeah. I think the only one that gives me the slight edge for Defoe just beating him out performance wise. The entire time I'm like, God, Robert Pattinson's killing it. There are times where I'm like, I forgot this Willem Defoe. Right. Right. I also hate Pattinson's accent because it's like a bullshit New York accent almost. And I hate it. One, if I'm a teacher grading a test, one that breaks it down. At one point, they're fighting at the end and he says farts. And I'm like, you didn't. <laughs> I don't blame him. I blame the writers. But at one yeah. point, he's like, and your farts. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Defoe farts the entire movie, which is beautiful. And it's great. Is that actually a thing? Like, yeah. Okay. I'm such a hater. Like, I saw, like, <laughs> big blockbusters. And I'm like, that's crap. And Robert Robert Pattinson, like, jacking off in black and white. I'm like, good movie. Yeah. There's, there's no way to spoil that movie. Yeah. Because literally, it's just two dudes. And if you think about it, be in a house with another person and you're that's it so think about yourself in quarantine yeah and there's just two people but it's you and this other dude that's like 50 that's been doing this one job for fucking decades yeah and is now your boss for life like that's that's kind of like the whole idea of it and that dynamic is in there and then he's an older guy so all he does is piss shit fart and make you feel like a terrible person and drinks yeah and drinks 
Yes. And they drink a lot. And, and drinks a lot. Pattinson doesn't drink at first. And then it just, oh, it's, it's good. Apparently him getting ready for it was like pretty dark. Apparently he like would get like really drunk for yeah. leading up to it and like pee his pants and like eat dirt. Right. And right. Then it shows in the movie. <laughs> it shows in the movie how much dirt he ate. Because they, uh, they shot that whole thing in only 36 days. Really? Yeah. So it's almost like they're in on real a, time. On a, a sm- did they build that structure just yep. for that movie? It's it's on a very small island, and you can tell. So it's a it's on a, a small island in Nova Scotia, I think. And they built the whole lighthouse there, and then now it's like a landmark for them because they gifted it as a, a landmark, like donated the whole thing. To I did them. see a twenty four does auctions with like the actual movie props. Yeah. And you can buy the light from Lighthouse right now, but it's going for something crazy. So you keep saying A20. Is this, uh, it's a movie company? That's the distribution yeah. company for it, yeah. Okay, what else have, what else have they worked? They uh, did The movies? Witch. Midsummer, Hereditary, Uncut Gems, Mid-90s, The Farewell. Oh, they did The Farewell too. Yeah, I forgot about that. I haven't seen The Witch. It's fine. It's okay. The guy who did Witch did Lighthouse, and then the same dude, Ari, did Midsummer and Hereditary. Yeah, yeah. Hereditary also didn't like. Wait, really? Ari, I did, Ari did the lighthouse. No, Ari oh, did Hereditary in Midsummer. Okay. Uh, Edgar did. Um, <sighs> yeah, I forget. I forget his name. Edgar something. Uh, it's either something Edgar or Edgar. Roger. Roger Edgar's. I think. If not, yeah, we sound like fucking assholes. Whatever. I just talked about yeah. it. It's fine. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, I also thought Kangaroo Jack was a good movie, so you can't <laughs> fucking take my advice. All right. So fun fact: Kangaroo Jack was entirely done. And there was no kangaroo, and it was just a shitty right. movie about Jerry Maguire and Anthony was Anderson. It, was it Maguire or Contrell? Was it Jerry Contrell? That, that doesn't, that doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Christopher Walken was in it. But the movie was done, and they were like, oh, this like really sucks. Like, I think we stand a little bit more of a fighting oh. chance with kids if we put, and they added a hip hop kangaroo later. The whole movie was done then. The movie was done. They realized it sucked and they put a kangaroo in it and marketed it for kids. Was it like, all right, did they put the kangaroo in as a, a, a replacement of a character or did they no, just No, the like, kangaroo like didn't have do they like never zero like structure. Do they never fucking recognize the kangaroo in the movie? Like, do they never no, they be do like, the- hey, kangaroo. So or- they have Christopher Walken's money and they lose it. And they okay. changed it to the jack. The kangaroo is wearing like an Adidas track jacket with the money in the pocket. So yeah, they're like, yeah, oh yeah. shit, he has the money. And he pops up like three times like in, in his jacket. And in the commercial, they were like, oh, he sings, he dances. And he doesn't. He sings like once because Anthony Anderson like hits his head on a rock. And it sucks. That's fucking wild. Yeah, man. My, I think I mentioned my mom worked at a hotel and Joe broke his leg one summer. So we were stuck at the hotel for like three months, which was cool. But my mom got us a few DVDs the first day and one of them was Kangaroo Jack. So I've like really had time to break down and process that <laughs> Kangaroo film. Jack. Do they ever say that kangaroo? Do they ever like acknowledge the kangaroo? Like specifically the kangaroo? Like not saying like yeah, they I mean, look they, at they, it. They, talk, they, they changed they a few like, scenes later. They okay, spent like, so they, okay, they, okay. okay, that's the question. Okay, yeah, they spent like an additional week because you have to think they totally like... Yeah, they had the whole movie done. It's like, have you seen... um? The Cloverfield movie where they're in the bunker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a different Ten movie. Cloverfield Lane, yeah. It was a movie called The Bunker made by a smaller company. They bought it out right. and put the alien scene at the end and marketed it as Cloverfield. Right. But it was originally just a movie about a bunker. Yeah, it would have been great if, the it, lies of if Hollywood. it didn't have the, yeah. the ending to it. It was still good. Have you guys seen Aquamarine? That movie's fucking sick. What? Aquamarine. No? It's with JoJo and the girl from Unfabulous where they befriend a mermaid. It's like Shawshank Redemption for teenagers. The fuck? No. <laughs> that, that can't be right. <laughs> what do they escape from? 
Do they just escape from being a teenager? I think or like- the pattern they're stuck in and, you know, just <laughs> breaking, breaking the cycle. He's never seen the movie. Aquamarine. Uh, oh, I've seen Aquamarine three or four times. We had stars when I was a kid. I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag, but we had stars. I think I know who JoJo is. She was popular. She was a guy. I don't know. She was, she was a good teen pop singer around the time that Aquamarine came out because they like went hand in hand. And then it was Emma Roberts from Unfabulous. And then I don't think the mermaid. But Emma much. Roberts? I think Emma Roberts is good. I right? think, yeah, I feel like she's doing fine. She's got, yeah. got the American Horror Story money. Oh, yeah. That's a show that I, I watched one season of and never got back to it. I watched it. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not proud, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not good. I didn't watch this last season, but... I find that Supernatural still going. What? Yeah. It, yeah. It's its <laughs> last it season. Dudes? It was trying It was trying to finish it this year, but with everything with the, the Coronas... I want to see an episode where the Winchester brothers defeat coronavirus. They've beat the devil enough times. I mean, they beat God, I think. Yeah. So, what? CW, where's, dude, where's my it bag? fucking got wild. Like, they, yeah, they go after God and God's sister and like, God has a sister. It's, they just like, <sighs> take turns fighting over who's driving and like fighting <laughs> the devil. I'm driving, dude. I wanted to continue talking about a little bit about the wrestling and music with sure. you, Rich. Yeah, man. Uh, you almost started both of them at around the same time. Is that right? Uh, music a little earlier, but I mean, uh, they were both peak interest in high school and all that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. And we were talking about um, basically seeing this whole person from nine years old. Now he's a a, a senior in yeah. high school and developing that. When you were wrestling. How are you kind of balancing out your dedication to the wrestling team with music? I don't know. I kind of keep it separate. It's it's weird. Like, I mean, there are a few kids on the team that know I'm in a band and they know that I I, I play and, and we, you know, all that. And a couple of them, you know, know our stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, there we, we have a little, you know, our high school and, you know, we, we have a little bit of a name there. So that's kind of neat. You know, I, I keep them pretty separate. Uh, most of the time, so you're not just playing your own music at the the meets. No, no, I have had a, I have had walked into a practice, and it's funny when a kid finds out like the first time that I play music. It's like I walk into practice, and as soon as I walk in, they'll put on either a birthright song or like something that I've done like solo or whatever. And uh-huh. I'll put, I'll like, I'm like, that's funny. All right, guys, <laughs> like, all right, turn turn that off. Do you feel embarrassed? No. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, you gotta you gotta embrace it. No, I mean it's great, but like I I don't want to take uh, I don't want it to be a, a distraction there. I don't want it to be anything there. Okay. I I don't need them to you know because the thing is it's it do that it could lead to questions about about the band and the music and all that jazz. And then the thing is it's like when we're there we while we do have conversations about life and things like that and we you know we really I try to keep my time with them focused on on the sport and focus on uh, what we're yeah, we, we, yeah we, we've got a schedule we've yeah, got yeah, yeah. to stay to it yeah. yeah and then uh Josh has definitely come to meets were you really disappointed when it wasn't you know four posts three ropes yeah cuz i feel like it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's for cowards you know? right yeah. right yeah do you feel like there's just not enough like characters or personalities in I guess what is it? Greco less, wrestling. I don't, I don't no, even know what it's called. Greco Roman. Yeah. I don't know, what, what is but it? There's, <laughs> do, do you want it's the break? It's not professional. Up? It's just like amateur. Yeah, right? That's why you, it's called professional wrestling. When you get to that level, because it is you're held to a higher standard, <laughs> a different level of dedication and physical. Right. Right. Because yeah, you're, you're looking. Right. You're stronger. Because yeah. 
being the being an amateur wrestler is on one of the lower forms of the totem pole of combat sports. Now, do you think <laughs> Rich's wrestlers are like, hey, why is coaches throwing making fun of me? Now, do you do you think the less amount a professional wrestler wears, that the stronger he is? I think it depends because then you look at like the Undertaker and that guy. Yeah, I mean he's he's never gonna die. So I guess No, he's actually Well he has died. He's faced yeah, death. Yeah, he has yeah. died. Have you ever seen his kid? It's funny as shit. No. <laughs> the Undertaker's son, he just has like long red hair. That's weird. That's, yeah. Bro- I, don't, Bro- I don't know Bro- how I feel Bro- about Le- that. Brock Lesnar's daughter looks like Brock Lesnar. Do not uh, say Maya Lesnar. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, not, that's not good. <laughs> she looks exactly like Brock Lesnar. It's interesting. And she is going to college for shock put. I say shot put. Shot put. Does she have a sword on her chest too? Yes. And <laughs> she has the same haircut like the uh, one guy from Small Soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> or Duke Nukem. <laughs> Lesnar would be a great Duke Nukem or uh, a great uh, Doom guy. Yeah. Have you ever heard him talk? He has a very soft voice. That's why they have someone do it for him. Some wrestlers just can. Like, he has like his voice is like soft. He's like, you want to get your ass kicked? And so they have to have someone else yell for him. That's that's hilarious. But yeah, I I always thought um, you know amateur wrestling and professional wrestling. There's there's definitely a different level in there, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just, yeah, skill and focus. Yeah. Yeah, and dedication. <laughs> yeah, right? definitely. Dedication and drive and... Communication. And grit. And enigma. And it starts at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you seen Fighting With My Family? Yeah. Yeah, it was better than Foxcatcher, right? <laughs> More real. <laughs> they are based on real stories, right? True stories, right? They're both. Both they're of them both, are, yeah. Both so that's, that's you, you have Foxcatcher Farm and you have the WWE Performance Center. You have the WWE Performance Center cranking out wrestlers left and right. And then you have Foxcatcher Farm where she kills people. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> Mark Schultz is a huge fan of your podcast and he like puts on this episode and he's like, hey, why is Coach O's friend making fun of me? He knows you by name. I was just saying, I've actually uh, tweeted back and forth with Mark Schultz before from Foxcatcher. Oh, word? Yeah. That's cool. The thing is, he's an interesting guy. I feel like he, it's not like he's just sitting at home all day waiting for people to tweet at him. (laughs) He's an interesting guy. How many followers does he have? Let's check. More than Uh, me. (laughs) More than me. Yeah, more, definitely more than this show. He's verified. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Does he have more than the actual Channing Tatum, who is Mark Schultz? Actually, I'm uh, no. pretty sure it says uh, played by Channing Tatum in his bio. Oh, oh that's you funny. thirsty that's bitch. Funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I think it's Channing like Tatum played me, I would, I would be okay with it. Yeah, there's like five more more popular Mark Schultz than him. It's kind of depressing. Is he at No way. Mark Schultz, Coach Schultz, DWC? Um, no, it's at Mark Schultz. 12,000, 12.4,000 followers. He has 12,000 followers. Holy shit. Man. That's, uh, that's, that's kind of a lot. No, yeah. not in the grand scheme of Twitter. I mean, uh, for me, it's a lot. Oh, for us. Yeah, but, yeah for yeah. me, that's a lot. I was hoping if I was, if they made a movie about me that I'd have more followers. <laughs> and I think that tracks back to just the lack of drive and <laughs> collegiate wrestling. Because uh, <laughs> we can talk about Ben Askren all day. But uh, yeah, yeah that, that guy. Did you see uh, the fight where he got knocked out? The quickest knockout ever? Yeah, that, that yeah. made me happy because he just talks too much. Really? I really wanted, the I really yeah. want. I went to Detroit and watched <laughs> him win his national. He said he's glad Ben Askren got knocked out by Masvidal. It's like the biggest shit though. I went to Detroit for his senior year when he won nationals. Uh, really? For Missouri. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. That was really cool. I think that would be cool. It was. The, it was really intense. It was cool. So, to actually be serious, watching 
collegiate wrestling is some of the most intense that I've seen because you're going in and it's almost like a chess match almost every single time. Yeah, it, there's yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, I definitely understand the sport more now than I did four years ago, just from going to like his high school meets and stuff, being like, how does this work? Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's cool because like, there is a lack of ladders and organization <laughs> drive. Well, it's cool because like you, you know, Josh, he's, you know, he picks on it. And we have fun I don't pick on you. It. What? Anyway, but now he like, picks on it and all that jazz. But it's funny because like there is like the, such a like a, a viewing culture behind yeah. it, and it is fun to see like him and Joe and my friends come and they get in. You see him do it with the two, and they're you know yelling <laughs> up, and then, you know, they're they're arguing. They're like looking at it, they're like no, that's you know he's he's in bounds. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And it's just kind of cool to, to watch watch my friends do you know take part in something that I've been that's been such a yeah. huge part of my life forever. I think that's really tight. I think and I get cool. very little support from him. It's true. <laughs> I, I don't even know what he does in his free time. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys have been playing music together forever or for at least I've, years, right? We met in what, 03? 2003? I am something like that. I met no, it was before then. We've been in this project for I don't even know what this cares anymore. Do you like do six. you consider it the same project? Yeah. No, because I mean, it was four of us. Not talking about the for birthright. Yeah, because well, we four of us went from the lives to come to birthright. Like, yeah, right. And like a three uh, yeah. month stretch. No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm the one that wasn't. In. But yeah, this yeah. one's been longer. Like the lives to come was only like two and a half right. years ish, and this one's like, like, shit, we're on like years. Something like that. Really? Somewhere between yeah, five man. and seven. Yeah. So starting like that's fucking wild. Fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, I don't know anymore. Yeah, because I don't really have like a concept of time anymore. And uh, yeah, coronavirus has stripped me down. Well, just in general, because I'm I'm just old and I have no idea what I'm doing. The first eighteen seemed a lot slower than the last. <laughs> the last, I don't remember most of it, so that's all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. I didn't think that it was that long that you've had birthright going. It's funny. Yeah. That I don't even fucking know anymore. Huh. Let's find out. It's been. It's gotta be. I gotta check the years. internet. <laughs> okay, so you guys kind of met around '03. Is that right then? Yeah, we yeah. we met uh, Joe and I went to school and Josh is Joe's little brother. They're so. all they're all the same age, and then I'm two years younger. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So me, Kyle, Ryan, and Joe all me, Kyle, and Joe graduated together. Ryan went to a different school, um, but graduated the same year as us, and we met him through a mutual friend of ours. Cool. And uh, and then Josh is Joe's little brother. That's still how we see him. We're just like, ah, it's Joe's little brother. It's not our actual <laughs> friend. We don't really like him that yeah, much. Yeah, and he's just kind of weaseled himself in. I guess. Yeah, I like to he just came in as the lead singer. And just, I just like to associate myself with younger, the younger crowd. Yeah, he's, we're, we're just old men to him. Yes. <laughs> Coming up on 40. <laughs> just come. I'm in my prime. I'm a spring chicken. I'm 29 years old going on 40. <laughs> if we had the same skill level in football, I would get a bigger contract because I was younger <laughs> and I'm in my prime. Technically, which is sucks. <laughs> I am in my prime and I'm wasting it during coronavirus. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I felt that for like the past decade. So that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Around four, I was like, what's the point? Right. <laughs> Waiting for the countdown and the sweet release. Uh, yeah. We yeah. became a band in 2014. Okay. Holy That's moly. fucking wild. Okay. And then, so I've known you guys for 
couple years before that then with The Lives to Come. Yeah, probably 12. What were 13. you in before? You were in, in these dreams? I wasn't in these dreams. Yeah. And then I also did uh, The Holding Tide with my brother's acoustic stuff. And cool. Death of a Thane too. Death of a Thane. Death of a Thane. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that when I first well. met you with, yeah. um, oh, what was his name? Andrew. No, what what was the singer's name? Cause, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, I, I fully remember. But Charlie, I remember he, so you guys played a show with for me at Room with a Brew in Leonardtown forever ago. Okay. And I'm pretty sure he blew out his knee. Uh, yeah, that was, all right. So for that one, that was a weird one. He, if I'm remembering correctly, this was 10 years ago. At least, If yeah. I'm remembering correctly, we played the show, I think it was at the, the Depot in Baltimore. And... Charlie broke or twisted, did something to his knee, but he put him on the ground. And then uh, we played, he, he, we ended up convincing him to go to a hospital because he tried to finish the show out and people were bringing him drinks and shots just to try to. Right. Kinda, and he was, he was being a nut. That was a weird show. If I remember correctly, that show was following that, like the next week was, was the room with the brew. Yeah. I think he just re-injured it in room with the brew. If yeah. I remember. Cause I, I felt so bad. Cause you see him. Cause he, he was such a like big presence. We uh we got pulled over on the way home from that show. Oh shit! Did you? We did, and we were all just loaded in the back of like this van. Yeah, and we were like almost back to like home base, and uh, we were all like it was a bunch of us just loaded in the back of a van. There was no seats or anything in the van, and we just sat on bean bags and shit. drank and shit. And <laughs> we pull out to a royal farms, like literally like a mile, maybe two from right from home base, and we all just dump out of this van and the cops like right there and they're just like no fucking way wow <laughs> like and so we're all sitting there i'm like i am going to die tonight <laughs> like my, i'm like and i at the time i must have been like 19 or 20 years yeah, old yeah. so i was just like i'm i'm dead <laughs> like my, my like i said i'm like i'm sitting there with the police i'm not worried about the police i'm worried about my mother like, right, right. I'm, I'm a dead man <laughs> and, I mean, and the cop was actually way cooler than any cop should be and they were just like all right, you can go. And we're just like, word? Get back in there, smack your ass. <laughs> Pile on in. Well, no, it was wild. So like Andrew called his mom and his mom is just like the most down human being. Miss Ginger is just the biggest sweetheart. And yeah. Andrew's like, I need you to say that this is your alcohol and we're transporting it for you. And she got the phone and was like, why are you stopping him from transporting my alcohol? <laughs> and, she, and the cop's like, we're sorry, man. We let, let them go. And while I'm there, I'm just like, yeah, doctor, you shut up. <laughs> that's shit faced at 19 years old. Oh, yeah, that's good. That That's hilarious. So thanks, Room with a Bro. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I remember because I forgot that you were in there. But that's what I remember most I'm about that. I'm a forgetful that. person. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm 5'6". I, I sleep mean, on my back. There's two of you, so you can always there is. forget one of there you. Is. That's fine. That's yeah. true. There is. A, there's, um, I got a stunt double. <laughs> Cause that—that's what I remember from. He was an Andover if, back in those if days. If one of you dies, it's gonna that's, be so. It's weird. I forgot about Andover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mike. Mike played in this one band that I like. To me, was like the epitome of his bands, and I just wanted him to record one more record, and just for me, and it's so selfish. But I don't think they ever played down your way. But it's this band called Birds of Paradise, and it was just a. They had a singer for a little bit, but he. They. They sent to me personally. I think they sounded better as an instrumental, and the three of them. It's a uh, Mike. Jason Carter from Andover and uh, the singer BZ, uh, Brian Zolikowski from Andover. Or he wasn't Andover. He was in um, Echoes. He was in the next band after that. Oh, okay. But them, those three had like a like, very ambient, like 
This Will Destroy You esque oh, kind nice, of fun thing. Nice. And they put out an album, like, and finally, like, I always like my brother's bands, they're always, they've always been really great. The production's been fun. The guys are the best guys in the world. It's just not my taste in music. Sure. And then finally, I'm like, Mike, like, you put something out, like, I really like want to listen to all the time. And then they're just like, yeah, we're done. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa. And the thing is, it's wild because, like, they did, it's like, there's no separation. Like, they're still all best friends. Like one of them moved moved away, but he okay. he's not like far far. He's he's you know under ten hours. Sure, and like you know it's just like just do something, do something. Like especially like right now, like in you know during Corona, I'm like right, and I've I've even messaged all of them. I've been like, please make a birds record. Right now is the best time <laughs> to do a bird birds of paradise record. It would be great. So this is cool. So you and you have you and your brother, and you have you and your brother. Yeah. So your styles differentiated between them, like split off a little bit. Mike and I. Yeah, I mean, in certain, as far as when it comes to music, there's certain things that like always will draw us back to each other. So like, him and I like love folk music, and we can if we can't figure out what the hell we're gonna play or what we're gonna listen to or whatever is gonna happen, we can just we can go back to an old folk record and we, we're sold, and we can get by just fine. Um, I've grown to like just different styles of hardcore sounds mm-hmm. really funny and maybe a little whatever, but different styles of it, and uh, you know he's. Very, it's just different. It's very different, and like I, I'm also a lot more into hip hop and gotcha. things okay. like that. And he's he's not, and that's just not. Uh, he also is like huge into show tunes. Wow. Yeah, okay. he he does musical theater, and he actually has written several plays. Very cool. He's got a few books under his belt as well. He's very uh. He's an incredible writer. That's got to be someone else that I talk to. Then that's that's fantastic. Uh, he's uh, if you ever wanted, I could totally. Yeah. He would love to. He'd love to to do this for you. And he's got a great. I mean, his story is insane right now. He's he's his son's just about to turn four next month, and he just beat neuroblastoma. Right. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, his that whole trial and trip has been something insane, and it's definitely something that people should hear if uh, you ever want to give it. Yeah. Him. I, would, I would love to. Yeah. Um, but but on top of that, the guy's like call him now. <laughs> we could just call Mike right now, but no, uh, he he'd be like, "Oh, I'm, I gotta redo this wall really quick." And, uh, oh, Gregor, you know I can't. Greg, you know I can't. If he calls me, he calls my middle good. name. Gotcha. Okay. My middle name is Gregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Mike, he calls me Greggy. Nice. It's weird when we were kids. Like people would call the house and be like, "It'd be like, is Richard there?" And he'd be like, "No," and hang up the phone. I'm like, "That's me." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, so just different styles and things like that. But he's like super into like musical theater and things like that. And he, like I said, he writes plays and books. That's fantastic. Which is completely polar opposite of the route that I took. And I don't know, just uh, he's not as like, I mean, the birth, the guys at birth, we're all like super sports fans. And that's another thing (laughs) with us. Like we all, we all are very, very, you know, we make a big deal about sports. Right. That's a big deal. That's where my brother, he's, while he is a, he's a Boston Red Sox fan and a Dallas Cowboys fan. But like, it's right. That's what I'm saying. You know, he's, you know, he, while he's he's not as into it as we are, but he is, he is a devout fan. As devout a bandwagon can be. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm canceling plans to watch the Ravens. See, now on my end, my brother has written more plays and more books yeah. than his brother and invented science. I don't know if you've heard Which, of it. <laughs> he invented maybe you've heard of it. Science, science. and biology. <laughs> but yeah, so his brother takes a lot of inspiration from mine. I'm sure. Even though he's younger. Would you say that his brother is an amateur to your professional? Yes. Same thing with wrestling. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, much yeah. more. Joe is more up more the WWF. Allie, we are going to get sued. <laughs> well, the WWF now is just like a panda, so it's fine. Dude, it, I don't, if Supernatural survived defeating God in an episode, I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah. Shawn Michaels <laughs> fought God once in WWE. <laughs> I miss old WWF when it was like offensive. It's the heartbreak. Yes. Dude. Yes. Yeah, I once saw Triple H uh, go to 
Kane's dead wife's funeral. Yes. Oh my and God. get in the casket and hump her and go, oh, I humped her brains out and had fake brains on her hand. Yeah, and that I saw was that. like, I don't remember that, but that's fucking that insane. Existed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, what that a was time good. to be alive. I remember the uh, Booker T and Stone Cold uh, yeah. grocery store, food store. Like, yeah. fuck off. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's a grocery uh, store, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stick uh, to your guns. I'm going to, well, you know it's right. No, don't. Yeah, don't, but don't, food store is going to be in him, my dude. brain because it makes I, sense. No. Oh my God. It's been there the whole because time. Because it's so bad. It was like, why? Why? <laughs> the, uh, no. the food store. <laughs> the food store. <laughs> the food store. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause, so you you and Joe have been playing music for a while too, right? Yeah, I we started a band with one of our friends when I was like twelve, and I'm okay. yeah, I've actually been yelling since I was twelve, which is great. <laughs> My body and throat, <laughs> but um, yeah, we did that. Um, he branched off and played with uh, Ryan and Kyle, who are in this now, in a band called A Sunlit Aperture for a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, okay. They okay. did that, and then. Joe, Kyle, Ryan, and I were in the lives to come before this and get right. this. So between all of us bouncing around, he was in a sunlit aperture when they were still in time stood still on keys. So between all of us, we've just bounced around. Yeah, it's it's fun because when when I was consistently booking shows like yeah. all the time, it was it was cool seeing these Annapolis bands, basically this Annapolis area or Arundel yeah. Mills area, whatever it is, come down to to St. Mary's and play because you had Sunlit Aperture. I think played a couple times down there. Thompson uh-huh. still played there a couple times too. There's a video. Oh, at my brother's place, I think that video of you on the keys where you go. Oh yeah, I remember that. Remember that? I do. <laughs> I, I hold the keyboard down and look back for the listeners. Yeah. I did it again. <laughs> Could you hear it? Dude, Room with the Brew and my brother's place and all that. That's yeah, that's old school, bro. Is that place still around by chance? No. I think it's an ace hardware. Emily, can you confirm? Benjamin Moore now. Yeah, that's that's and that that hurts my heart a little bit. It was Wendy and Mark, I think. That was that was such a weird so because they they had room with a brew. In another shopping center before they moved it to the one that you guys played at. I remember that one too. Yeah. There's like a little back room thing. Yes. Yes. Um, And I was doing shows with them. I don't, I have no idea how I started doing shows there, but they seemed to like me enough. And I don't know how that works either because I definitely wasn't responsible. We always had fun. She liked me enough and we started doing stuff there. And then they moved across the high school, which should have made way more sense for it to work all the time and it just didn't because no one uh, supported it. But yeah, I always thought it was it was cool because it felt like the two communities were, were kind of like going back and forth because you would have bands from St. Mary's and Charles County go up there. It was, I think it was called like the Mac. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a weird venue for me because I, I think it was like a, um, it was, A, it was like an, an industrial park. Yeah, I, I actually, right? um, I worked with Cobra Clutch, who are the ones that ran those shows. Okay. For the, so they did the Max, St. Christopher's, um, LHUMC, Linthicum, Gen X out in, I think that was Columbia. Yeah. And a bunch of those shows. And they actually ran for, for like 14 years or something and did shows. The, the Mac was definitely one that, that we, we utilized a lot. And yeah, it was in this weird industrial park, but it was, I don't know, I, I loved that. Was it a theater? No, it was just, it was, it was a church. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, it was uh it was it was uh, used as a church and then they ended up getting their own spot. It was like a makeshift spot for a church while yeah, they were yeah, building yeah, a new okay. one or something like that. And the guy uh Joe that 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 I knew that ran it, he's just the, he's the best dude on the planet. Actually, he's got a if I remember, he's got a I know he's got one boy that that plays football and I think one of his boys wrestles too. I think yeah. I saw him there. So that you know, right up down, your alley, right? Yeah, when uh I think one of his kids wrestles cuz I'm pretty sure I saw him at a uh, 
States or something this year. Cool. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that that was a, an interesting venue, but uh, I think everybody played there. And then, yeah, all the Cobra Clutch shows, like when 68 first went on tour, it was at uh, Knights of Columbus. And it was so weird to me because it's just like, it's a fucking empty space. It's just a ballroom. Yeah. And it, it was them, Listener, and then... The Homeless Gospel Choir. And I remember that show. Were you there? No, nah, but I remember the flyer because I wanted to. We actually, we played our first show at 68 at his church. Nice. And, yeah, that was a... Yeah. 68 was so good and it was so weird because... He's like the, he's like the nicest dude. Didn't I play that show? Uh, no, because if you played, I definitely would have been there supporting you, bro. It was it was another band from Frederick that I don't remember. Was it my maker? Still Glow, maybe? Oh, shit. Wow. Shout out to Still Glow. Shout out to Still Glow. Yeah. Anyone from Still Glow is listening. I'm pretty, yeah, because I'm pretty sure it was Still Glow because they, because I think the singer tattoos, because I saw him at a convention once. Dan Hate, maybe? I still talk to him occasionally. Everything's kind of trying to come back to me, but they did like a Bayside. Not a Bayside, um, a Saved by the Bell or a Wonder Years band themed band. Oh, like the shows, not the not the bands. Bay- yeah, I want to say it was like Bayside Tigers or something. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Did you know Mario Lopez wrestled? He was a California State champ. He looks he looks like a wrestler. Yeah, with that big dumb blockhead of his. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. But the that show was really cool because it was just uh, Scoggins. I think his name is right. Josh. Yeah. Yeah, and his drummer, because that's all 68 is, and I'm just like right in front of him, and he's just doing crazy shit and yelling the entire time. Yeah. And I was never a fan of The Chariot or uh, what's the other one? Norma Jean? Yeah. What? My yeah. dog's named after that band. Man, doesn't that suck? Like, I, No, I will say the live completely show back in like 2012 was Scream the Prayer Tour. Norma Jean and The Chariot were both on it, and he came out and did Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste, and they did it together, and it was like sick as shit. Yeah, that yeah, was fucking sure. awesome. Yeah. yeah, you hate Norma Jean too? I never got into him, and I just what? I, when I was young, trying to get into that stuff, uh, I think I was also more of an asshole to like religious themes, and that's what yeah. it always like threw me off. Yeah, about it. And now I don't care as much. Like if it's sure. if it's good music, it's good music. That, yeah, yeah, that's the important. Part. And that's that's yeah. And I I think I was more of an asshole to it when I was younger, and like more way more against it. So I just never got into like any other Christian hardcore, even though I was friends with all the Christian hardcore bands. Yeah, is Norma Jean still classify themselves as a Christian band? No, I don't think anyone does. Also, I, I can't except like Skillet or David Crowder band. Yeah, I don't know, but that that's what I remember from them. But there was more to it than just them. They were like the biggest part of it, I guess, uh, when they, they first started, as far as my my uh, introduction to it. And I just never, I think that was one of the reasons why I never got into it. And then the other reason that I really never got into it, because I was way more into stuff like Blood Brothers and... Um, the Blood. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. weird shit. Like not the super heavy stuff. Yeah. But like the weird angular guitars, Fugazi stuff, like more, more of the punk. And, a little more sporadic. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. Like refused? A little quicker. I love refused. A little, yeah. quicker, a little quicker than. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw Refused open up for the Deftones a few years ago. That's and fucking that was cool. fucking sick. So I saw Refused at Rock and Roll Hotel. Nice. Um, like the last time they were here? Yeah. Well, kind of. They were at 9 30. They were at 9 30. And I saw, um, no, I didn't see that. I got a ticket for it and I didn't go because I'm dumb. But that show, that Rock and Roll Hotel show was sold out. Yeah. And then I had 
been checking the Rock and Roll Hotel website for other shows in the future. And this was two days before the Refuse show and they had released tickets. Yeah. And I went in and I bought two tickets and I didn't realize that it was all real until I was actually at the venue like yeah. with the ticket. And I was like, holy shit, I'd never thought this would happen ever. Yeah. Because they were one of the one of the bands just like Rage Against the Machine was just another one where they just broke up before I got to see him live. Yeah. So I was able to go see him and it was insane. Dennis Lichten is, is a crazy person. He dances so weird. He jumps up and down. He I saw him at Pure Six Pavilion. So a lot bigger. And yeah. And they're in like this fucking huge pavilion and he's, just, he's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And this was so such a small venue. And then I saw um, Dennis does another band called Invasion. And it's kind of like a, a weird moody 80s dance-ish indie rock stuff yeah. at DC9 though. And you, I'm literally like right in front of a guy that I've listened to since I was 13. Right. Yeah. And that that whole experience was fucking cool. Just seeing that and just he moves so like he shouldn't be able to jump up and down. He shouldn't be able to dip down. He shouldn't be able to do any of that because you would think that his body would be shot with all the shit that he's done. And my body is shot. He's just so broken. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah. Like the, <laughs> the parts there, they keep you together. Just aren't. Yeah. But it, he keeps going and he's fucking wild. We saw Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson last year. Just like a day. We're like, fuck it. Let's like, let's do it. It was super cheap. And I'm actually ended up getting free tickets. And, but he at like 60, I can never do what either of them did that night. Like they're fucking insane. Marilyn Manson's a little slower, but still, yeah. Just a fucking rock star, but Rob Rob Zombie like back and forth pacing, jumping nonstop. One point, ran a whole loop around the arena and back up like without like. <sighs> Where was that? Like, Royal Farms Arena, the chicken, okay. chicken box. All right, I saw him at Jiffy Lube Live. <laughs> yeah, one of my friends wanted well, to go. I think it was probably that same yeah. tour. They like re they repeated it again after. And was, gotcha. Okay, and I saw I saw the Manson set. I didn't stick around for the Rob Zombie set because I didn't really care. I oh, never, he blew him out of the water, and I really? expected the same. I was there for Marilyn Manson. Like I knew some Rob Zombie because I was a weird kid. Yeah, but holy shit, Rob Zombie was insane that night. Yeah, because like, the the Manson blew me out of the way because he's doing full fucking like. Costume changes, set designs. He had the thing with like the uh, stilts where he was like crawling around. Did he do that when you saw him? I don't think he did he, that. He I had he, like uh, he changed his production. There was some guys talking, and they went to the that tour, mm -hmm. and they said Marilyn Manson had up, upped his production a little bit because Rob Zombie like had him like blown out of the water. Really? <laughs> so like he did. Did he have that thing where it was like he like he was like seventy feet tall when we saw him? Wow! It started. Okay. He was on this thing, and they dropped the curtain, and he's like really high up, and they like slowly came down. And when when I saw it, it was like a uh, church for the most part. That was kind of like the theme of the the whole show. It was like this dark church. So he was a pastor, like dressed up as a pastor for a second, and was yeah. on the the dais or dais or I don't know how to say the word. Yeah. Um, the dais. Yeah, that's what it is. But he didn't have like stilts or anything. Oh yeah, he did a lot of crazy shit when we saw him, and then Rob Zombie. <laughs> Like the entire thing was just like a screen by the end of it, but it was like 20 screens making it up. Yeah. And it was just like pulsating. And you know more Rob Zombie than you would think when you're there. Right, right. It From was playing like Tony Hawk. You're like, yeah. oh shit, I do know White Zombie. <laughs> the the only thing that kind of like threw me off a little bit about it is that he had people come up and then just like four or five girls and then they just all took their shirts off and I was like, this is weird. Because yeah. it's just like people from the crowd that went up. 
Yeah, like this is a yeah. 1999 movie. Like, it's yeah. not okay anymore. And he's definitely older and he just looks like a creep. Like, he's still fucking good yeah. singing and still has like an amazing he stage looks presence. A lot but worse. it was yeah. very, he's got that, that, uh, that strong dad bod. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, if you look at it from the side, it comes comes out a bit. Yeah. And he's yeah, just like yeah. crawling around. Yeah, that old uh, the like, old uh, barbell man. It's not as yeah. sexy as it was in nineteen ninety six. It's uh, no. not as glamorous. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a wild show. But yeah, so so the Cobra Clutch and all that stuff was was really cool. The the lives to come, how did that come together? Colin Ryan and I started it. Okay. Because none of us were in projects and we just wanted to play something. Joe, who lived with me, wouldn't come to practice for a while. And then he eventually was like, yeah, fine, I'll come play with your stupid band. <laughs> and we had a, my best friend, Casey, played guitar, but he joined the Navy. So when he left, we had talked to a few different people and I was like, Kyle, you should join our band. Yeah. And he was like, no, something happens, just getting back together. It's going to be our big break. Some guy in sunglasses is going to hear us. And I was like, sure, if you want to do that. And then that, that, that ended up not working out and started playing with him. Went for probably a year, and then we added Dan. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. How how was that? Because you went from just like screaming to were you conscious of wanting to try and get a clean singer? No, Did originally you, Ryan wanted to do singing parts, so we put finishing our EP on hold, and then it hadn't happened, and we had already game planned that we wanted to have. You know, it was popular back then in 2010. You know, the singing screaming dynamic. Yeah, the the little what was the the other movie uh, or the other movie the other band the Jonas Brothers. Alexis on Fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one. Oh, yeah. Jonas that, Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, Alexis on Fire kind of like paved the way for most of that, right? Yeah, definitely. And we had, and we, Kyle had brought up, he had met Dan at some from my brother's place and he was like, I know this dude who can sing and sounds exactly like that. Yeah. And so we ended up getting him. Yeah. And yeah, it worked out. It was fun. And then they ended up leaving. We were talking about kind of changing directions a little bit any, anyway, mm-hmm. just kind of getting older and influenced by different things and they ended up both leaving. Colin was like, he was going to school. He's like, I'm going to focus on that. And then I called Dan and I'm like, hey, that's happening. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm doing it too. I'm like, So okay. Dan dipped out too? Yeah. Actually, yeah. no, Dan first and when I called Dan and Colin did. But it was the same day we were like, cool, this is a really good point to like Break. reset. Yeah. The first Birthright song was actually written during While We Have The Lives To Come. Okay. And it sounded different. And we were like, you know, how are we going to fit clean vocals into here? Right. And okay. So then, just kind of ran with that and got rich and started. Yeah, August of 2014. <laughs> nice. And since okay. then, have made tens of dollars. Tens of dollars. Yeah. Have hundred of fan. And thank you. <laughs> but yeah, we have so much money from music. Because <laughs> it sounds like music has always been a, a good part of your life. How are you balancing that out with everything else that was going on? We were talking earlier, you yeah. are a certified locksmith. You know, you were you were almost a professional at one point. <laughs> almost there on the WWE level. Yeah. No, I've always um, kind of focused personal life, not as much just with music. I've never, not one, I, I do work hard and, you know, still mm-hmm. work 40 to 50 hours a week during the virus. But I still like that balance of going to movies and playing music and hanging out with friends and putting stuff like that first. And so it's never really been too hard because I've always kind of had a job that's worked with that. And right now like, I have a standard normal day. Nice. I get off at five and can still make it to shows after. Yeah. Have the flexibility to take off accordingly. That's good. Because yeah. that, that's that's tough to to be able to do that. Some, and I'll tell you now, the worst part is it's not getting off work and playing the show if it's not the next morning, waking up after drinking and having a few drinks that right. were free because it's all you have. That's what I'm horrified waking about. Waking up 
sore with four hours of sleep, tired as hell, and you still have a full work day in those. But still, it's that it's worth it the night before. Yeah. I'm also a locksmith, and uh, we worked together for the last couple of years. Right. And uh, I just started a new job. I still as a locksmith at the hospital in the city. I am admittedly not used to getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work. It's different, isn't it? So one of the things that, that I'm always just like, ah, oh, shows are going <laughs> to suck. Yeah. Like I'm going to get home at 2 or 3 a.m. and be like, all right, I can take a nap before work. Right. That I'm looking forward to that. It's one of the things that, uh, that I have found during the quarantine that has royally messed me up. In the store that I'm in, I'm usually closing. So um, my shift is normally like noon to nine. That's nice. Yeah, which is great. But now it's eight to five every day. Okay. And even though I don't have a commute because I'm working from home, having to still wake up at like 6.30, 7 o'clock to try and, and make sure that I'm ready to talk to humans all day yeah. is... Completely different. Yeah, I get that because even that. with used to the normal schedule, I really don't like talking that much until about 10 or 10.30. And yeah. my coworkers can tell whether they get it or not when they can tell when I'm not responding and moving to different positions. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not too interactive until the afternoon. Yeah, and I, so I picked a profession where that's what I have to do. I have to talk every day and I, I pick a podcast, like a, an artistic yeah. expression to where I have to talk. So I, I hate people though. I don't yeah, like the worst. to be around them and too much. And coronavirus just made it worse. It's really, yeah. my, I don't miss some of you guys if you're listening. I'm good. <laughs> it's really been awakening. So it's it's a weird thing. And I, I think the, the biggest thing, um, and we can talk about this a little bit. So I, I lost my dog. Um, I, I had to put him down like two weeks into the, the quarantine, right? Oh, shit. So the, the biggest thing with that is music has been such a big release for me. So n- not being able to go to shows yeah. to even try to balance out the fact that I live an hour away from the city, but I also work another hour from that, trying to balance out going yeah. to shows where I'm getting off of work, I'm an hour and a half to two hours away from the, the show that I want to go and all that, that would have been fine if you know losing the dog and all that stuff. Yeah hit and I was still able to go and like make an effort to that. Yeah. But without that there, and I don't know about for you guys, because you guys all are real still really tight as far as the music goes and also just your personal lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know you've dealt with loss too. How do you kind of come with that and and combat with that and and reconcile with it? I will say one thing and it's gonna sound fucked up, but it's just the truth. Um it's quarantine's a convenient time to not like we've lost both of our parents and our yeah. grandparents, Joe and I, it takes this, this burden off. Gotcha. You know, I don't have to worry about, like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't want people to get sick, but I don't have to worry about my loved ones all day. Like right, right, dealing right. with that. But also all of us, I mean, four of us grew up with single parents and that's one thing that's kind of always bonded us. Okay. So, you know, we all, we're latchkeys. We're all latchkey yeah. kids. So I, I feel bad, but it is a silver lining to where I still have a cat. But the cat can be left at home. Yeah. I can go and like travel and go enjoy myself a little yeah. bit more to where I can try to get back into the swing of things. Me working right now, especially, and same with him, like I still have to work and go through all the struggles of normal life without the release of right. going, playing shows or going to shows or uh, being happy or yeah <laughs> feeling yeah. joy or a sliver of hope <laughs> and please help no but like just i still have to work and then friday is just 
another day without seeing the people I care about. Yeah, what do you do with your weekends now that you have all this time? Stare at the wall, (laughs) stare at my phone. (laughs) There's no sports. I miss sports so much. Yeah. Oh, God. Basketball. Yeah. They just just, uh, stopped it. I like basketball. I like like, like Mike. I watched a Michael Jordan documentary. It was so good. We got steaks. Thank God they did that. That, That's been the quarantine blessing is is the last dance part. 10 hours of Michael Jordan. Let's go. So I don't care about basketball, but they they just signed an agreement the to do deal. a 24 team NHL playoff. See, and that's I, and I, I'm so I excited. I don't care about hockey. the same boat. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the same structure. We were talking about that last night. Like, I was joking. I'm like, I don't have a favorite hockey team. Everybody's like, Caps. And it's like, no. Well, that's not true. Emily, Emily, she's around. She left. Oh, uh, she left? Yeah. Oh. She's just outside. Okay. Well, she's she's a huge Penguins fan. Gross. But I can't. I, I, don't think I, I, gross. I don't think I could. I don't Everybody here is Caps fans. And I don't, DC is not Baltimore. It's I'll not be the honest, same thing. Not Baltimore? I, yeah. I, yeah not, he has it bad. Not, he, he's, oh got, he's, God, he's got no. it bad. Say wash. Oh my God, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you off the hook because I like you, but you got you to gotta fix that. So he sounds like Kathy Bates on American Horror Story. Not Murr. It's more. <laughs> you get it. You sound like Kathy Bates yeah, on American I, Horror Story. Worse. No, but. Worse. Basketball and hockey have the same playoff structure. Yeah. I'm not glad you. They let 16 out of 30 teams in. I feel like if you were in the top 50%, like you can stay home and it eliminates half the crowd because the NBA is talking about coming back, uh, starting the playoffs right now at Disney World. Everyone's in one location. Because be cool. if you pass it, then you're there and you're good. Yeah. And I feel like hockey, same thing. Like, I'm sorry that you weren't good enough in the first five months. It's a pandemic. So my thing is. We lost March Madness, which is one of my favorite sporting Love events. March Madness, right? Because it's, it's so just, good. it's I'm a USC insane fan. the entire way through, yeah. right? Why don't they just do that for the every NBA? other sport? Same with hockey. Like, just why not just 30? Single lim- yeah. elimination or double elimination. Well, what are you going to do when, when Sacramento comes and beats Milwaukee? Like, I don't give a shit. sucks. I don't care. I think it helps with them eliminating half of the teams because then you yeah, have yeah, half yeah. the people. Yeah. Um, and it like, would be cool. And on on paper, it seems sexy, but give me sports. Fuck. Right. <laughs> you can let out. Um, I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan, man. I, trust me, anybody, like, we would benefit from having a tournament like that. But right. So I, I, I can't think, do that. I will say, I love this. There's 16 teams in the NBA playoffs right now. The worst team in it is the eighth seed in the East, and they have home court advantage throughout the entire the thing right Magic. now. The Orlando, That's the, amazing. The worst team in the playoffs has home court. And whether oh, fans wow. are there or not, you're at your house compared to. Probably yeah. not. They probably have to stay at Disney World first world problems. Yeah, I mean, it probably doesn't doesn't hit as much. I think it would be cool if instead of fans, they just put like five Disney characters courtside and just let them go fucking crazy at like basketball, and that would be cool. Like Mickey Mouse is just like fucking cheering on. Like, do, do you magic. remember uh, the mascot version of uh, NCAA? Yeah, it was. Yeah. You could play. What with, game was it? It was NCAA the football. And you can yeah. play mascot mode. And if you picked Alabama, like your whole team is the elephant mascot. That's fucking cool. They move so slow. It's, it's just a whole team of the mascot. <laughs> so if you were like Syracuse, you get like the orange head guy. And like if you were Auburn, you get a tiger. Like, you could be like the Maryland Terrapin versus yeah, you the Alabama. You your be, whole team is that animal. Is the the turtle versus the terp versus the uh, versus <sighs> an elephant for Alabama. That's funny. That's funny. It was, a, it was a good mode to play in. Yeah, I think uh, I think they should just have like a death battle. There's one mascot that stands above the rest. Josh, do you want to tell them about the best mascot ever? Oh, Denver Nuggets mascot. Because yeah. it's a nugget? No. No, it's Rocky. a cat. It's a cat, cat, technically. It's a cat? Yeah, the yeah. Bobcat Rocky. Yeah. Okay. He so won, he, this is... they Every year there's mascot of the year and he, he does have a few championships to take home. Okay, and, but... 
so it's it's the nuggets. Yeah, which is like a chicken nugget or it's a like golden a, it's nugget. It's like a mountain lion. It's a gold nugget. Yeah, yeah. he's like okay. yeah, he's like a mountain lion looking it's thing. It's like a nugget slash pitchfork. Now is he is he digging for gold too? Or just like he, he, he is gold, his, bro. Uh, I like that. He dunks. I like that. So do you think that in his real life he's just picking off like the miners from the mountains? Might be. I'm not here to judge. There's a show about mascots on Hulu, and it's kind of sad because they don't make any money. Well, it only lasted like one season. It was really weird. Yeah, I see so you've seen it behind the yeah, mascot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, I there was a, a like a scripted sitcom. Oh no, there's called a mascot. I saw one. It was a, it was a documentary type series, and it followed like the Michigan State Spartans like, like mascot. And this dude's been in college for like seven years because he just can't let go of being a fucking. Mascot. That's too much. It's depressing. That's too much. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Another mascot is one for um the Pittsburgh Penguins club team, uh, the underneath one, and just like oh, okay. he has to like stay in great shape so he can ice skate all day the, for like there are there Scranton four thousand like dollars. Scranton Penguins. The Scranton Wilkesbury Penguins, and is. I know that from the office because <laughs> they Michael they use tickets as bargaining chips. Yeah. I love the office. Did you go to UNC then? No, I didn't go to UNC. I'm just a fan. Okay. Did you wrestle in college too? I wrestled club at Morgan, but I mean, okay. nothing crazy. Okay. Because that was, that was going to be my next question is if you went and did anything else outside of high school. I, I got out of high school and then went to Morgan and then did a year there and then uh, did half a half a year at okay. community college. And I, I just, I, I didn't, college wasn't for me. And then uh, when I was... I was working and a buddy of mine, actually a friend of ours, was just like, hey, someone needs to, we need a coach for a soccer team that I'm doing. And I was like, sure. And I ended up coaching <laughs> like his soccer team, but I, and, and that, I, I didn't love soccer. And, the, and, and as right. much as I, growing up, I played, but I mean, I didn't love it. I eventually had a buddy of mine ask if I would be interested in coaching wrestling. And I was like, that I could be into. It. And that's actually how I ended up getting, starting with the little guys and then, but eventually I was asked to coach the high school level. And From everything that I've seen, because I'm, I'm a big UFC fan, watching these wrestlers when they're literally like five years old, four years old, right? Like what right. you're saying. Yeah. And then they get finally to high school. They're you know state champs in high school. And then it's a completely different level from what I understand in yeah. college where it's just like, that's the real, real shit. When you wrestle in college, that changes your life. That's not like, you know, you can be a high schooler and have a normal life and be in a band and, and okay. be whatever and just be like, and I wrestle. But when you get to college, it's the focus needs to be on wrestling. You and are a wrestler. You are. You're, that's, that's, that's all you are. Right. You know, I have friends that wrestle D1 and I have friends that, that have gone further and done other things. And they, you know, those guys, their commitment to the sport and on the competing side is much different. And that's, you know, it's funny because I didn't realize I always thought like being a coach would be a little less than being a competitor. And one of the things that, that I'm noticing is the amount of time that you spend behind, you know, behind the curtain and mm-hmm. behind everything that you, you, it's, it's crazy. I mean, getting it all together. And, and one thing that I can say is that, that as much as I loved competing and I loved wrestling and nothing compares to the feeling of coaching it and uh, coaching it is, Sleeps and bounds greater than did in my personal opinion, and then you know doing the on the competing end. But then there are guys that they're going to compete until they can't physically do it anymore. Right, and I think that's that's something where you know when that's your whole being, you don't really like let yourself get to other parts to enjoy other parts of your life. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're so committed to it, 
And I know as a professional wrestling fan, you can probably relate to this, that yeah. you know, you, you've seen the grind, you've seen what these people do. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's in a different league, but I, I want to make sure that... Yeah, it's, you know, there's some similarities. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was going to be one of my questions for you, because you are working, coaching, and then you're still playing music. I'm also, uh, I, I play in a church group as well yeah. every Sunday and Thursday. We meet and we're still recording music for So when do you COVID. sleep? I haven't slept it's in like years. He sleeps till like nine thirty. We work together all the time. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> he gets his sleep. Don't you worry. Don't, don't don't worry about me. I'll be just fine. No, man. It's, it's uh, I like to keep busy. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's scheduling and making making time for yourself is is, is important. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I I only have this back one time. So you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go all out and do as much as I can to to make my community or the world that I live in, maybe it's selfish, who knows, yeah. you know, then, then to make that a better place and I'm for, for me and anybody else that wants to jump, jump on board, you know, then, then I'm going to do it. And I like it. so things like Josh and I both work in the service industry where we get to help people and we get to, I'm eating a cookie while he's saying all this <laughs> yeah, motivational jump yeah. on his ship, but no, um, it's a little dry, <laughs> sorry, but no, he didn't um, have it, eggs. It's, it's, it happens. He made me but, the cookies. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Josh and I both work in a service industry where we get to help people and get to actually make our area and our community and the, the, the place that we are, we get to make it better. Yeah. And so I love to take that a step further with, with things like wrestling and, you know, granted it is such a niche market and it is such a small, you know, not how many, how many of your friends wrestled in high school? Like probably not a tremendous amount of them. I mean, their teams aren't huge. Right. But, and how many people stick with the sport after high school? It's also tough because outside of, you know, college, you don't only have so many options with a career with it, like MMA. Yeah. You yeah. see a lot of wrestling. And I think it is That's cool that MMA, aside. before that, you know, what option did they really have? Because wrestling the Olympics, could, and then at that point... Wrestling didn't translate over to boxing, and this is right. given those guys, you see wrestlers like Khabib and Henry Cejudo, who are current yeah. champions, and they thrive of beating some of the best strikers just off that wrestling. And Well, and then you even have... You even have people like Sonnen and Askren yeah. that bridge the gap between the professional wrestling and the amateur wrestling. Yeah. Where they have that attitude, charisma, that yeah, personality that, that launches them into There are some UFC different. fighters that are just waiting for WWE. John Jones yeah. and Conor McGregor just have the personality. I can't wait the, to see Gronk in WWE. He's, he was a, he might still be the champion. You th It'll happen. You think yeah. that's going to happen? I would oh, love that. Here it is. He's such a huge personality. Yeah, Gr Gr I know, he has to go. He signed with Tampa, but he signed with WWE before he signed with the Buccaneers again. Really? He won. They have like this. Did you ever watch wrestling when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have this new thing, like the hardcore title that you can win it wherever. Yes. He won it. And he he was, he had to give it up because he was champion when he signed with the Bucks. Where did he win it against who? Because this is fascinating. WrestleMania, like, uh, like a month and a half ago. Okay. Okay. But it wasn't just like in the street. No. Oh, well, that that's disappointing. Yeah, he like signed a contract and they were about to turn him into a wrestler before he was a coward that, and that decided to come out of retirement. fucking wild because then he could really just, you know, juice whatever he wants to, right? He's skinny these days. I'm worried about him in Tampa. My God, he lost a lot of muscle. Yeah, well, he was, he was just dancing. Yeah, he's a coward. <laughs> he's a coward. I'm a Patriots fan, so he's a coward. <laughs> this is a real question then. Why are you upset? That he followed Brady instead of this. I'm not. I'm actually. I'm fine with Tom Brady's decision. Definitely, I support it. Last year, they've. And even he retired, and we needed like really needed him last year. And we're like, hey, come play like 
four games and we might win a Super Bowl. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm done with football. And then the second that Tom Brady leaves, he's like, oh yeah, let me come back and get traded. I'm a pussy. Whatever. Jared Stidham is the future of football. Who? The Patriots' new quarterback, who's like 22. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich, this is a good question for you then. With you being almost consistently busy when things are mostly normal, how is it to have kind of like a, a stop where part of your life isn't really there? Well, I mean, it's it's not as much stopping as it is shifting. Yeah. Uh, just up until this past week, I was full-time with the Maryland, with Maryland Locksmith, the company that Josh is with. Um, they're great people. Also, call them if you need. There's a little self shameless plug. <laughs> Maryland Locksmith. Where's my bag? Uh, yeah, they can sponsor <laughs> but, me. That'd be cool. <laughs> they're amazing. So, you know, that that was more of a, 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 a when we needed it kind of time as far as like when I could go in and work. And that a lot of that has nothing to do with with the company as much as it is, is like, oh, well, we need to save as much as we can to try to survive this thing. Sure. And so went from that too. And then I just the past week I started with full time with the, the hospital. And with that, that doesn't stop. And that's okay. still going. And that is, you know, as soon as I walk in the door, it's it's like, let's get to work. Do people really lock themselves out of the doors that much? At the hospital? Yeah. No, no I fixed uh, you. It's more, much more than just locking out. Okay. <laughs> so like it's, it's fixing and replacing parts. Okay. And, and right. So like you're that. like facilities. Yeah, almost, I mean, you okay. got to think about it. If there's 2,500 doors in this building, yeah. you know, how, how many hundreds to thousands of times a day is the front door of the hospital? Right, being right, right. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, eventually there's wear and tear. So there's things like that. And, uh, with COVID, because hospitals are are much emptier than what they typically are, especially with like people aren't visiting, people are doing that. So, from what I've heard and what I've been told is is significantly slower right now, which is understandable. And I mean, you, yeah. you go in there and it's it's a calm place to work right now. I'm gonna come break all your doors when I'm allowed in that hospital because <laughs> I know how to break them. I know exactly how to do. It. That'd be a dick move. It would, <laughs> but it's my tax dollars. Yeah. I'm gonna earn every goddamn penny. <laughs> Were you nervous at all going to work at a hospital? Yes. So nervous, dude. I'm still nervous. It's. I mean, I've I've been in the negative pressure rooms and now, and I've been in the in the heat of it and seen all. It's still scary. It sucks, man. It's and Josh was like, and you know what? I'll say this for when it first started. I was definitely one of the guys who was like, this isn't a big deal. It's not. It's not a real thing. Right. It's an invisible disease. Focus. <laughs> now you you know I'm in the I'm I'm right in the center of it and yeah. I see it. It's like. And you see the people that are really hurting from this and really are are struggling and, and and you're still like, wow. Like this is you're just like this is Yeah, I mentioned earlier my brother invented science, so we knew all about yeah, yeah, all yeah, this right. going into it with between the biology and physics of why haven't you figured out a cure yet then? Oh, we have. It's, just, it's, it's a billion dollar industry stock. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You gotta you gotta get your bag first, right? We'll secure the bag. Yeah. I'm yeah, already yeah. getting paid by cooking channel. <laughs> um every Mark Schultz on Twitter, <laughs> shout out, where's my bag? It's definitely different, and it's it's funny because the the people there are the they're the first to be like, "Don't go near this," and you're just like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know." It's you know, my boss is like, "Do you know why there's plastic on this door?" And then it's like, "COVID." He's like, "COVID," and I'm like, "All right." Yeah. And my my bosses are actually they're the best. They're really cool. We're gonna get that motherfucker. You see that plastic? But it's it's crazy to me, like watching these guys like maintain their head because both of those guys are getting thrown in every direction yeah. with everything that's going on. Yeah. They, they run so much more than just locks. Like these guys are running all of the, the whole facilities facility, yeah. and maintenance and running everything in the hospital and just watching them keep a level head with all of it. I'm like, I couldn't do that, man. Right. Yeah. I'd be losing my mind. The things that go up and the, the accidents that happen, like 
in the middle of a pandemic that you just have to deal with. And we right. had a, like a water leak. You just have to deal with it and you have to go and fix it, even though it's, you know, the rest of the world is falling apart and you kind of have to stay on a schedule and, and maintain a hospital while all this crap's going on and doing it all behind closed doors. And these guys don't get really the glory or anything like that. Yeah, no. like, I'm essential, but I'm not a hero, which sucks. Right. It is that that adage of if you're doing your job right, no one knows. Yeah, but if you're absolutely. messing up, yeah, it's the first thing that yeah, someone will, will notice. Like the least essential thing I've seen since all this started is uh, there's a do you know what Brewsters is? Yeah, ice cream. Yeah, there are the Brewsters down the street is open, and like you can't tell me that like you fucking need 14 year old kids to serve you ice cream right now. Like I mean, just I need ice cream. I do. But I can get it from the store, and the line's crazy, and just like yeah. mine, like fucking fourteen-year-old yeah. kids dying because same thing with like Cold Stone and well, so, slow down. Cold Stone is essential. Okay, I haven't had Cold Stone in years. It's so if yeah. I remember correctly, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's real good. You're telling me I can't go to Bass Pro Shop to get stuff for my truck, but I can get ice cream. This is bullshit. No, you don't need anything at Bass Pro Shop. I guess you could get some camping I stuff. Guns, I don't know because they're trying to take them. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to take okay. my. All right. If you were a truck, what type of truck would you be? I'm in charge now. <laughs> if you if you had to be a truck, what do you think? Not what do you think you'd be? What would you be? You let me know. I'd be a midsize truck. Okay, but do the proper thing. Get you, a model. Uh, oh I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say I'm going to last forever, but I am going to be like a 2018 Dodge Ram, a black one. It's not going to last forever. I know, but I'm going to be powerful for that. <laughs> it's 60,000 miles you got out of me. I'm like a graphite, like boring colored Tacoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a midsize. I'll, 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 I'll get the job done. Don't you worry. But I'm not going to show you any flash. Which Tacoma are you? 4.0 mile. Before or after the body change? Um, I'd like to say after. Yeah, you'd like to say after. I'd but like are to say you? after. Probably not. Okay. I'm likely like, I'm probably like a 2004 Tacoma. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Like I'm still on the road, and I'm still right. like, and I still got t- like a ton of life left in me. Under the hood, am I am I everything I should be under the hood? No, I think I'm a 2018 Dodge, but I know I'm like a '97 Ranger, a Ford Ranger. I can see you as it, like with like a 3.0 in it. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. A Thanks, nice. Look, that's the nicest thing anyone said to me. <laughs> no one's ever said that to me because I, I think I think uh, I think you're like a new body style right now, so that's yeah. cool. Now I feel like like a 2002 extended cab Ford F150. One of those red ones that you see. Do you have all the five four in you, or I I don't know what engine is in there. Okay, but all I know is that like there's rust. There's definitely like the the back is beat up, but it's going to last another like fifteen there's twenty a few years. Begrudgingly, in the bed. yeah, yeah, begrudgingly because everything is is fucked up on on yeah. the body of it all the way through. And there's probably like a little bend in the axle, but it still gets fine. Sure. So it's okay, and then you just beat it up because all you're gonna do is just. Load up shit, haul shit, and I be pretty fine. much just wait for Dennis Leary to tell me what truck to buy on yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Leary has let me know that I'm not a man. Unless, <laughs> like, you're not a man, you pussy. <laughs> buy this truck. Be- before I forget, I do want to talk about the the little EP that you released because it was a three song EP. We did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. We um, did that. And are you yeah. recording more stuff too? No. So no. we. Or bored, it had been too long in between things. And we have uh, occasionally we'll just like book time without music written. <laughs> so we booked like a weekend. We're like, hey, we hadn't seen you in a while, man. Like, let's book time. J-Moss and, is um, the man. We were super busy between like the weed and Dennis Leary. <laughs> 
And so we ended up, we started writing that EP Monday night and we started recording Friday morning. So it was written in about a few days. <laughs> a few, That's a few. insane. Yeah. And then they wrote another song there overnight. Uh, we made a documentary that actually kind of skips a day. On Sunday, <laughs> we just like watched football. And I just like wrote all of it in like a few hours every night. And one song, everyone else is asleep. Rich J and I were up. And I actually tracked one the second I finished writing at like five o'clock in the morning. That's crazy. And yeah, like at 5.30 in the morning, it's just me yelling about how I'm a pussy. <laughs> and it was sick. And yeah, so you hear it. it was, it's definitely, we were sitting around and he's like, we, we can track it right now. And Jay's like, yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's, okay, let's track it right now. Like the sun's coming up. We're like, we should get some sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask about your relationship with Jay Maz because I, I think that's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and then I also want to go, so this EP, I think is maybe mixed differently than some of the other ones. I, maybe that's the way that I want to say because your vocals are different. Your vocals feel more natural to it and they, they feel a little bit more up in front of the mix than before. That one, yeah, I think just with this one, we're going pretty raw because we we started working with him actually pretty early on with the first EP we did, Waste Away. The lives that come in Ben Tomes, we've, we've known Jay since probably 2013. We, the first thing we did was in Virginia with one of our friends. The first EP was with him. Then our second EP was with Adam. At um in New Jersey, he's in a band Gatherers, which they're just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But Jay did our record "Let Me Down Easy" and going into this one, it's just like really natural and I, you know, I don't work for negative reinforcement. <laughs> but I don't like. It. So he's always been like really great with working with me, and just kind of lets me like run, and it goes quick. You know, especially that like vocals don't take me too long to track with him because I sound how I sound. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Get it. that's the one I've always tried to kind of put in the music is without production and a lot of layers and just that natural sound because like that's what I sound like and you sound like that live and no one can be like, he doesn't sound like that because yes, I do. You hear me breathe and you hear cracks yeah, and that yeah. natural like. And that's what I liked about that this latest EP. It is that exact thing where you're basically recording what you sound yeah. like live. Some producers hate it, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, when, I, when I tell them like I'm doing that and like, they're not as much hated as it is. I you can't fix it later because you'll be able to tell right. that it's not natural in that bit. So you go until I get it right. Sometimes it takes a few, and we go back and be like, the fourth was the best out of the eight times you tried it. There's yeah, a rare chance, and you know that you run into. But at the end of the day, it's just I've I've done guest vocals for other bands. I can sound as scary as you want. There are stuff you're like, oh, that's that's him. That's what he sounds like, and you sound <laughs> like you're on like fucking kill switch engage. But yeah, it's yeah. just a lot of layers in production, and I've always liked that natural sound. Yeah, and I think it's cool too. So I've been doing this show for like a year and a half or so, learning the the recording and the post production side of it. Yeah, makes me like respect all that stuff way more. It's not something that I want to do, but it's something that I I kind of have to do. Even little like tricks will do instead of recording me and then pulling it back later in the mix mm -hmm. I'll walk away and I'll record from the other side of the room to capture that far away sound to even that part of we're keeping this like real and natural to if you want me to sound far away I'll go far away you don't have to do it later type thing I I, I, I really like that because I, I think I think that's a, a completely different approach to it and I know with with the show I try to go in and I, I try to mix everything sound yeah. as good as possible, right? Like I'm I'm figuring out what plugins are. I never thought what that was. I, yeah. 
thought it was a Glade plugin. I didn't realize that it was an actual thing on the computer. I'm more of yeah. a Febreze fan, yeah. but I understand yeah. what you're getting um, at. <laughs> See, we do know comedy too. <laughs> on top of everything else, we can be funny. We're, we're funny guys. But uh, that's what we go for. You know, that's the, it's something where I I never thought I would get into that, but it's it's completely where you can manipulate so much stuff, yeah. right? You can really go back in and completely change someone's voice, yeah, all the way through when when it was coming in, and that's that's something that I I just really like really liked because it's. The vocals stood out to me on this one the most. It felt like a different style and a different approach. And just, like I said, just maybe more natural. And it didn't have that that feeling before. I'm not sure. We, we actually originally, in my head, we, it was flipped. The third song was first and it was like fast, medium, and slow. So when we did the first one, it was like really just like fucking raw. Like, I, you know, you can hear it. And I think we did that and we were like, we like this theme. Let's run with that. Yeah. So it just kind of came to that because even on our album, it's still pretty raw, but not as this one's definitely just like the. If you listen to like some people, like, oh, that's like going the other way with it. Like he's getting weirder sounding, but it's like, no, it's getting like more natural sounding. And like you can understand what I'm saying. And if you can't understand what I'm saying, then you can't relate to it. And that's like really important. Right. And if, yeah, if you, if I'm just, uh, if you're just yell, and you can't understand it. It's it's noise. It's another layer to it, but you can't personally relate to it. Yeah, I mean, I love bands like Converge, where if I'm just listening to them, I'm not. It's just a wall of sound, but I love it. In this in this weird small town in Massachusetts, Kurt Valu lives like seven minutes away from Jay. Like just, I would love that so much. Yeah, like we had to borrow a pedal. They went to get pick it up and they're running errands. But on our full length, we needed one screech. And as, as a vocalist, that's how I describe. We needed one screech sound, and they had to go pick something up from his house to uh, come back to make one. Just like, that's amazing. Yeah, but something something like Converge, where uh, if you start listening to them, you may not be able to understand them. But if you go into the actual lyric book, yeah, and like look at all the the shit that is going on, it yeah. Like it hits you completely different, and then you're able to like relate more yeah. to it. And I think, I think to your point, it is important to where if you're making music and writing lyrically, yeah, you should want to be able to have everything. You, you see bands like Touche Amore, a lot of yeah. Defeater, all found like pianos become the teeth. As much yeah. as I love their earlier music, they found so much more success when he cleared it up a little bit. Yeah, and you know, it's just kind of that being able to relate to it. Yeah, a band um frameworks um out of Georgia, I or out of Florida. I love them. He's a little tough to understand, and from I can understand what he's saying, but to try and show maybe not the as casual listener, mm-hmm. it's tough to them. It does just sound like what your parents think, the, like what our grandparents yep. thought the Beatles sounded like. Yeah, They're like this <laughs> noise. It is that noise. Yeah. yeah, it's that noise your parents warn you about. Did you have that same approach to writing songs and lyrics to the other? EPs and albums that you've made? Well, like right or- before? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's I do fucking it. wild to me. I do it on purpose. I know it's okay. super weird. I I like writing as a unit. Okay. Like I don't have just like shit sitting on my computer. I have like lines. So I'm, I'm like, oh, that's a good like line. But no, I like to sit down with the full... I like to kind of be on a theme or at least like a general wavelength. And I, I do like to write as a whole and before because it keeps me fresh and I write to music that's another one I don't just like write shit and I'm like let me pair this up like I listen to the song and break down gap by gap where and you kind of hear I have my pronunciation is kind of strange and I've heard that a lot of people like your timing's interesting but I like that it's different 
with with that because I I think that's that's interesting. So when you're uh, writing, you said you're writing as a group, and you don't write your lyrics until the music's done. I'll usually get into the week of when I know that demos are kind of the way they're going to be. That some drum hits might change, but I know that that's exactly how long the song is, and that. that yeah, I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. Well, Every time you'll see me like when they're in the studio, when it gets to like guitar day. Another one's good with Jay is I get what we did every night. Like when we, when we finish that session, he sends it over. And we also leave with finished music, which is like the weirdest thing in the world. He mixes and masters he, it he there? Master he'll, master, but, he'll master when we love our mix. Okay. But you know, he mixes as it goes. And like I finish, he like home. crunches for like 10 minutes and you have it. And he'll send you like a snare, like a drum heavy version, a guitar heavy version. And a few different ones. He's That's like, very cool. Pick one and we'll start working up that. And then when we get the final mix, we got our album mastered by um, Brad Boatwright. The birth of every Birthright song is, is pretty similar. It's, it's Ryan and Kyle make up something. Like they'll, they'll have like a raw print of something and then they build off of that. And then once they have that, they send it. Oh, it's weird. We don't write near each other either. They, we, we write all on computers. And then we, as a band, learn the music later together. Me and Joe are the last two to learn the Birthright songs. Kyle will track guitar. Ryan will write drums to it on the computer. And they have not played these songs together yet. And we yeah. have not played them as we a group. Yep. And it's the case for all of them. That's... We, okay. don't, we, don't, we don't get together for eight hours and jam. We get yeah. together for two hours track shit and then work with it later get back yeah, together we, for we two learn hours our, we learn our parts then get together like alright everybody feel comfortable and then we play it and then it's over and they find out what I'm done when we're finishing okay alright so I, I need to process to peel, yeah. sketchy ass <laughs> writing process how do we survive is probably your first yeah, question sure. how does it work so okay alright world's, world's laziest rock band man yeah, well, that's I what don't, we do I don't want to say that but I do want to say that means that you're not playing these songs out that means that you're not playing them until the record's out or... Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking wild to me. It goes against like the exact whole way of, of doing everything. I do practice. So some vocalists don't like... You don't really need to hear me yell. If any of them are focused on my timing, then there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I, I beat this shit into my head. So I can like... I can, if I can yell on the pattern that I wrote... We've, we've played songs that we've never heard Josh scream to. That's crazy to me. We don't play music before we're done recording, though. So yeah. we're like, like, here's a song. Like, right, at right. this point, it's like a... Yeah, so, I mean, I, Kyle and Ryan put together something. I And if if something is, is you know, if I'm listening to something, I'm like, all right, I have a question about X, Y, Z. You know, me and Kyle will sit down and me and Kyle will run through something real quick. Sure. And then we go and me, Kyle, Ryan, and Joe will meet and we'll just go meet for an hour or two, bang out the song and be like, we're happy, cool, and then we'll go play a show and do whatever. Wow. It's 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 a little the anxiety gets a little there because there are so many times that I've like I'm playing a show and it's like the fifth time I've ever played this song. Well, not play for like a month or like it's like that those months to two months. Yeah. And then we practice once before a show and play. And people are like, Oh my god, how much do you guys practice? And it's like 50 minutes last night. <laughs> <laughs> last night for an hour. Do you ever contribute that or think about that to the fact that you guys have been friends and absolutely forever and like almost it, it, family? The communication's so easy when yeah. it's your friend. You know, it, I've been in bands where it's like I don't really know the guys that well, right? And you know, with the, where it's these guys, it's you know, I I, I we I have we one of those celebrate birthdays together too. So if they fuck <laughs> yeah. up, you zip them. He just zaps me, and, and you know, I so you don't do well with better. negative reinforcement, but you can 
give negative reinforcement. Yes. Yeah, it stems from my oh, trust me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. This is fucking wild to me. All right. Um, and then so your lyrics, because those those are always pretty heartfelt and yeah. come from personal. So does that mean that you're just you have you said you have those lines, right? Kind of this one, like I'm not kind of most of it just comes up. Yeah, well that that's what I was gonna ask. Does it just all come out? Does it all just like come pouring out for the most part? Or? Yeah, you just like you hit a rhythm too. And you know, like I with this one, like I could sit down with it a bunch, but it just comes down to crunch time and I was like, I have to write this these songs. And it was in one sitting, it was probably from Fuck, we watched The Masked Singer before because Jay and his wife like it a lot. That is a, such a crazy so ass show. So we watched The Masked Singer and right now, like, Ken Jong is the host. Like, who the fuck wants to hear the guy from The Hangar would tell you if you're good at singing? Well, he was he was a uh, a judge. Yeah, still is, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's wild. just like, oh, who's the banana? Right. And it's like, we have a fucking pandemic. But either way, watch that. So, like, <laughs> I sat down at midnight and I just, like, wrote as a whole. And, and you I know, sat you just next to him and watched it. And you do just kind of, like, flow out, you know? You just write it out. If you don't have problems, it's probably tough as shit to write sad music, but... Right, well, that's... Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like, since... Since our album, we... Joe and I have had two... <laughs> we've had two house fires in our life. Yeah, Joe and I. Yeah. So we had a second house fire. And like, my mom died. So it's really not hard to write about how sad I am for eight minutes. Right, okay. It's trying to contain it to eight minutes, I guess. <laughs> Being like, oh, shit, I'm way sadder than... How do we keep it condensed? Is that one of the first times that you're really tapping into that emotion? Into- oh, no. My mom was dying like when we were like, she was in a, a hospital, like kind of going down okay. towards the album. So it's all yeah. just kind of like, if you've really sat there and broke down, like if you listen to it all in a chronological order, you can kind of tell like, oh, this guy's problems are getting like worse and worse. Right. <laughs> the, the albums don't get happier. <laughs> right. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it starts with Damned. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> that's our yeah. first, the first song. <laughs> it goes downwards from Damned and then. Yeah, here we are. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, because yeah, so you were talking about pianos and they have the Lack Long After. That that album is such a, a big yeah, emotional so gut punch, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. fucking hits. And- but I do, I do get those same feelings listening to the stuff that you guys are making. Yeah. yeah, I think like the best reviews I've ever gotten is someone being like, hey, this helped. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's like all I could have ever yeah. wanted. Like, you give me a check for a bunch of money, I'd be like, that's stupid. But the fact that Going like, I helped the right. service industry, someone, right. Right. someone that that's feels full the same way that I do, that doesn't have the same luxury of having some kind of platform to express right. that, and they do feel a little bit lonelier than because people go, oh, you okay? Ha ha ha! I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I've made tens of dollars doing this. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> no, but and like, if for someone that does feel the same way, if that helps, I'm like, that's all. I, yeah, that's all that matters. Because I I think that release is, is something that's important, but I I would never I would never have thought that you're doing it as far as like writing that stuff almost all in one sitting. Yeah, our 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 album was weird because our album was f- we weren't prepared at all. Sure. We teased the idea we were like gonna start recording in <laughs> winter coming soon. Stupid band like fake hollow announcement shit. And Jay messaged us and he was like, "Yo, let's do it." I had someone cancel in three weeks. Let's start now. I'll cut you a crazy deal. So we broke the album up. We recorded that over the course of a year, four sessions. Okay. It was kind of a seasonal thing, which is cool. It was January, March, August, December were the four. And we went up for three to four days each. So the songs are written in clumps there. So that one's kind of a lot crazier how, because I do feel like our album is a coherent piece. It's only 24 minutes and it sounds, it has a flow from start to finish. And the songs are written in different gaps three months apart and yeah. somehow there were 12 one of them was re-recorded one song is just wasting away in our email forever 
And the other 10 somehow, 10 songs written months and months apart came together as a coherent piece. And I just don't know how we pulled that off. But, yeah, I, I think that's interesting, especially from January to December. Yeah. You can be at completely different places in, in your world. Like one, tracks one and six were written at the same time. Two, three, and five were written at the same time. And then four, seven, and eight, and then nine and 10 were written. Like that like that crazy junction, if it's not even the same, like back-to-back sad, it's like wow. fast sad. And it is, it is kind of wild, especially when you're looking at like a vocal standpoint, because Josh... Definitely was in different places. That yeah, the, the last three up. years have been absolutely insane for, for him and his brother. And the and past twenty seven years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> past twenty seven. But you know, the last few years that you, you look at it, you know, it's there's just in that short period of time, so much changes. So much changes. You listen if you listen to that record straight through, you know, you can you can hear little subtleties that are, are different as far as the emotion behind it. See, when we did a live to come reunion show like a year ago. We played at uh, the Atabar. Yeah. On Father's Day for his brother. We did a benefit show and the lives to come played. And it was just like, I hadn't listened to that music in a while. And to learn through it, it was hard to find the same like kind of passion just because back then we were like 19 and we're like, yeah, things are like, okay. Yeah, brighter. And now huh? I'm like, oh yeah, shit's not brighter. I was like, death is coming. Yeah. <laughs> Brain. No, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's harder to relate to that. And even though back then I was like, this fucking means, you know, like mm-hmm. all these words are piercing my soul because I'm so deep. Now I'm like, I just don't resonate it's with it. It's a completely different yeah. thing, yeah. But then, like, if I listen to music, like, I really don't listen to that much heavy music, surprisingly. Okay. I, I, I like bands, but, like, I like mumble rap music a lot. And, like, yeah, I, Bruno Mars is one of my biggest influences. Oh, dude, like, I love Bruno. Uh, we are huge Kanye West fans. Yes. All of us. This, uh, the five of us are. Joe are, and I cool. both have Kanye West tattoos. That's gross. I love uh, Kanye. It's inspiring. I've seen him like seven I times. Kanye. I don't. I don't know how I to feel G- about it. I saw Jesus is King in theaters twice. Does that make you <sighs> sick? Late registration's been my uh, record of the year for at least ten years now. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, I like the baby. Dude, baby's a Charlotte Hornets fan too. I don't give a shit. Oh, I, oh, I like. No, he's terrible. I like Young Sug. Oh. I like Little Uzi Bird. I like everyone. Yeah. You hate. Me and Josh. I like the baby. Josh. I like the baby. I like Little Baby. I think YNW Melly should not be in jail for murdering his friends. Yep. <laughs> so is that a rap? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his podcast, baby, it's like the tune out channel sound. Um, like, unfortunately, it's not a rap, but like that would be, I might, I might have to put that in there. Um, oh, that hurts. Yeah, man. Find inspiration in weird places. Kanye's I listen to I mean, so much. That's, that's not really inspiration. It's just like I, uh, I listen to so much negative music that it's nice to just. I'm, I'm yeah, not. I'm not yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Young Thug resonates my soul. <laughs> it's just but like, stupid, right? Like I listen you to just so much it, yeah. miserable music that occasionally yeah. sometimes I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but people who like Pearl Jam can't talk bad about Young Thug because it's the same fuck thing. off. <laughs> can't even understand Eddie Vedder. First of all, you're wrong. <laughs> Second of all, you're Girl. right. Um, He's it's the only band that I like I can't I can't fully defend his vocal like I should but I can't because they make YouTube videos of the fact that you can't understand his yeah. his voice so they write different lyric videos to it and it's just great. I mean I just want to listen to Temple of the Dog all day. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. I'm going hungry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. That's going to be good. Do you like puddle of mud? <laughs> so, all right. There's there's two things about this. Uh, the first thing is the puddle of mud thing. Uh, I recently interviewed uh, Ben Dahan. Of um, he, he do, does his own stuff now, um, but he was in American Diary. 
Holy shit. Yeah. 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 But it was a cool interview. Seven. You're right. Let's right. Go. Well, they're coming back. Um, so Great. he's doing his, his stuff and then, um, they're doing their stuff as well. But I, I showed him the puddle of mud, uh, cover of that, oh, that, that Nirvana cover. Yeah. Uh, but I played that on the episode. It was fucking great because I saw his reaction throughout everything. Have you, have you seen it yet? No. Oh, dude. Okay. What is this? We're not doing it I mean, now. Just, just give, me, give me a too long puddle, to read real quick. The dude from Puddle of Mud covered Nirvana like a few weeks ago and it Which was song? like... Uh, about a girl. Yeah, I think. Yeah. We'll um, look it up. Yeah. It's the worst. Okay. You so don't there's, look- was it like acoustic? Yeah. Yeah. It was for like a radio station or something, and it's the worst vocal performance that I've heard. Now, the the second one of the second ones, you talked about Touche more earlier. Yeah. And we're talking about Pearl Jam now. Careful. Josh is a diehard Touche Good. fan. Good. When they covered Corduroy, my ears almost died. It was so bad. I don't like his sync. It's not good. It's not. It's and not and good. Someone should like a lot of the stuff on stage for like I'm all for like leaving your comfort zone and like trying some new things, but someone, someone, yeah. Which it, song it, do they cover? Corduroy, which is my I think my favorite Pearl Jam song. Yeah, and his vocals just don't match. It, they, it's it's yeah. it's something where it's not it's not the talent's not there, right? The it might not be there, but it's not it's a just good it's not pairing. a good fit. Yeah. No, um, and then. <laughs> The last interview that I had um, was with Wes. One of the last ones uh, was with Wes Rice, who um, plays country and, and some cover stuff down in, in St. Mary's. But we were talking about how his daughter loves the baby, Lil Uzi, all that stuff. And he's such a big Wu-Tang fan that he never would have like thought of saying, hey, I need you to stop listening to that and start listening to RZA, Jizza. All these people, yeah. Because I need you to start listening to ODB. I just, I'm so tired of people being like, "Oh, I only like rap that's 20 years old." Like, new music's right, coming out. Like, I I just thought it was funny then, because yeah, old heads like even if if they don't like that, like Denzel Curry is a rapper out of Florida, and he is he's fucking, fucking great. He's fucking awesome, and I feel like yeah. any everyone assumes that anyone who's under the age of like 28 and raps is just like shit. And there's a lot of really good kids out there. That yeah, like, no, there, there's, there's there's some bullshit. Don't yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Little Pump, and there's some, there's some that I don't respect, but there are some that. But there there's some good stuff. Like um one of one of my favorite groups right now is Injury Reserve, and they they've been around for just a, a little bit and. They're they're fantastic. They they have two, yeah, two mix two mixtapes. That's what yeah. I never understand: mixtapes versus albums. I, I don't get it's it. It's something with copywriting on beats, and that's okay. That's okay, legit. That makes sense. A mixtape is an album that you just like don't own the rights. You can't make. Yeah, you, can't you can't charge. Make, you can't legally sell a mixtape. Cool. Because you okay. you what you whatever Drake's beat. And Who would have thought that white people would tell me what a mixtape is? Oh, uh, we fantastic. can get Joe out here. Joe's yeah. nonchalantly a, a sneaker be <laughs> like a, yeah. a sneakerhead. Joe has like two hundred dollar Jordans in his room. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. You're you're walking in them. That's whatever. They do feel different. I haven't put his. Do on, they? Do they? Do they feel two hundred dollars different? Very easy. I have a pair of Yeezys upstairs. Gross. You want to put them on? No. It feels different. No, it feels I like two hundred dollars in shoes. I've held them. They're, They're ugly awesome. as shit too. They're the Go no. buy new socks. I'm not going to put them on. You've, you've offered me. I'm not going to put them on my feet. Anyway, one of my coworkers wears Yeezys. Yeezys. Yeezys to work, and every time. Yeah. He wears real Yeezys to I work. I got him as yeah. a gift. Yeah. I, and I don't know why. I mean, we're 
to be fair, we're in like a retail store, so it's whatever. I, I play in a second band right now, and our guitar player wears like Easy's while we play, and he just like beats the shit out of them because like, he doesn't care. If you if we have enough of them, you're just like whatever. Like first of all, it's stupid, but second of all, I try to like kick him every chance I get, and he's he's like six four. He's he's a big boy, and I try to just like kick him and then run real quick, and because uh, it's my only joy in the whole day. Yeah. Find what you he, love and let it kill you. What? What's that? Find what you love and let That's it kill right. you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's my only joy that I get from from picking on him because he is such a bigger, yeah, cooler person than I am. <laughs> um, so the fact that he is wearing those just ugh, it's so gross. For me, underground hip hop is one of my my favorite genres that I I've, am discovering more and more and more of because it also is the only one that feels fresh. Yeah. Because it's the only one for, for me, because I've listened to so much traditional, not traditional, I guess, electric guitar, yeah. whatever you can do with an electric guitar, I've probably listened to. Someone's done something yeah. with it. Well, there's the, only so many notes. The, the best thing with when you're talking about old school hip hop and stuff is like the storytelling. Yes. So yes. like you can find even in like silly stuff, like you look at Bismarck's old stuff. Yeah. And, even just a friend. Yeah. It tells a story. Like, right. yeah, it's a silly song and everybody just knows it for that hook and the off key part. And every white girl at, at some bar down in Baltimore. He said it again. I know. <laughs> just let it go. They, are, they, you know, they know the chorus to just a friend, yeah. but listen to it. It's a story. He tells a story. Right. right and right. like, and it doesn't, is it an important relevant part of, of, are, are building our nation? No, but is it is it a fun story that is a little bit different than I've got money, I've got this, yeah. and this, and that? Yeah, it is. And it's so when I when I listen to old old rap and old hip hop and things like that, it's like, that's what I'm looking for in it. You know, it's, it's more like that, like Black Star. Yeah, and you're listening to stuff like that, and you're listening for them to say something of substance, whether it's a silly story or whether it's talking of oppression or whether it's talking of anything else. Then it, it's there's just substance to it, which. I look at a lot more stuff like these days. Like I do, I also like the baby and stuff like that. But that's that's well, that's. I like more, Kendrick a lot too, though. So I mean, Kendrick, yeah. Kendrick's a different mod. That's a Kendrick whole different Lamar. story. But no, like you, you know, stuff like that. Where it's is are they saying as much prevalent things? No, but is it entertaining and is it fun? Yeah, it is. And do I want to see somebody strut around in Charlotte Hornet jersey? That's right. Right. Uh, I just don't like uh, how he raps because I, I think he's just monotone the entire time and he has no flow or rhythm or passion. Or anything, and I'm white, so whatever. I have no yeah. flow, I, I rhythm, or passion either. So I'm sorry. At first, it was tough. I was like, I don't get what's happening, but he just goes and he doesn't stop. I do. I do enjoy cool, his video man. because it's. I it, like him as a person more than cool? I like his music. Yes. Okay, he's cool. Let me. He's cool. Did you not see the fact that he just punched some girl in the face? Oh, that sucks. That's, a bunch of stuff like that sucks. But yeah, I watched the videos. I'm like. I like him I, as a person. I I'm like, that's cool. I would have loved to be there for this video. Right. Like, that's cool. Like, what you're doing, and this is just fun. And yeah, this yeah, looks yeah. dope. All right. So, yes, uh, underground hip hop is is a legit thing, and I, like I said, I think it's the only thing that's for me that's that's really fresh and pushing different boundaries. Uh, Clipping is another band or another group that I would strongly suggest. David Diggs is in there, and he he was in Hamilton. Um, he's in Snowpiercer, so he's acting a lot now. But clipping is is so cool. They had a um a breakdown on some podcast that I don't remember. I'll I'll remember later. But they broke down because they do field recordings a lot. So they recorded the breaking of a cinder block, and then played that forward and backward and used that as part of the whole beat. 
And then they'd use compressed air forward and backward as the whole beat. That's fun. It's it's That's, so when, cool. When I was up recording, uh, my brother and I have a, a folk, folk-ish kind of thing that we do called The Holding Tide. Mm-hmm. When we were recording one of our songs, we were trying to find a way to like put just kind of way into the song. And we ended up recording. Uh, we t- It was pouring down rain outside. And we ended up taking a bunch of frying pans and putting them outside in the rain and recording the rain on the frying pans. And we ended up using that in the record. That is, uh, it yeah. was weird. That's but cool. it, it was uh, Colin, uh, the old guitarist for Lives to Come. He's into audio engineering and stuff. And he's amazing and uh, does video stuff too. He actually yeah. just did a promo for Baltimore Soundstage for cool. us. But he actually recorded that record. And that was one of his kind of, he kind of floated that idea out. And he's he's brilliant and has a ton of different weird things like that. So that's when you, when you're saying like, he's using that like different sounds and stuff. They reminded me of him and uh, Tim Truffer is another, the guitarist for hold fast is also into audio engineering. Yeah. And they both, both use like that same similar, just create very creative. Right. And you're like, I wouldn't have thought of that. And they, they're both really good at the, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's cool stuff. What's the, what's the other band that you're in Josh? Uh, called Sideshow Cinema out of DC. That's right. Okay. It's good. How does that compare with, because you guys are recording or did record. I, I, yeah, I have to go down. I have two more of this one. We're actually already working on another EP now just because I came in and they already had this one done. Mm-hmm. But I've done two songs with them. I have two more to go on this last project and then working on newer stuff. Okay. How does that compare to writing and, and recording with Birthright? It's definitely weirder from a writing standpoint because being a little bit heavier of a band, it's I can't much write about how I'm sad because nobody cares. <laughs> they want to hear me turn that sadness into rage and I like that. It's still stuff that we're getting, I guess, but it's definitely, I've wrote something and I'm like, it's tough for me to yell this and sound like badass yeah. while being like, this is tough. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> like, I can't, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. And yeah. that's what it sounds like exactly. Do you have to, do you have to like pull from another uh, emotional pool or? No, kind of the same bit, you know, it's really just like, I, I'll be writing something and you really just like a line here or that I'm like, that sounds a little out of place or, and mm-hmm. it, it, it takes, takes me longer to write. I'll say that the music's longer. And since I am kind of out of my comfort zone with that, it, it a little bit longer on the writing process end. But overall, it's been good so far. Cool. So we're going to wrap up um, with the the last two questions that I, I try to get in as much as possible. So we'll start with Josh. What do you think is the the main thing that you learn most about yourself when you think about all your, your music that you've had, you know, your whole journey that you've had with that so far? I think the ability to like process my emotions better. Because yeah. I would always grow up as an angry kid and would never communicate how I felt. Or kind of felt like, you know, with that toxic masculinity aspect of you can't have those emotions or be sad and feel heard. And it's definitely taken me out of a place where I'm very open about how I feel on even, you know, major issues, even just like how my day is if someone asks them like short or long version. And it's just helped me communicate and just be myself. I like that. What do you think keeps you driven the most to continue to pursue it? Just that one, it's like my favorite thing I've done and whether it's for me or I know that even if it's not a lot, there are some people out there that give a shit, just the ability to kind of share that with everything. You know, yeah. I, I do a lot of managing for us and handle that. And then all of it, 
Don't, 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 don't <laughs> let me be modest. I don't know anything that makes me as happy as getting that show, getting that email back that like you landed it or getting that. So like just, yeah, just <laughs> managing that type of stuff is just like my kink. I love it. That's fantastic. And you doing, finally getting album artwork polished off or finally getting something sent over for a publication. Yeah. It's just all of that. And it's just, I can balance that with everything else in life. I don't feel like I've had to put life on hold. I feel like personally, I'm in a good place with work and living and my relationships while also having that vessel that's we find a lot of success in. It also probably helps that you're, you're able to be communicative and definitely have that, that line yeah. in there to be open about everything. I'm definitely more now expressive than I was when I was 18. When I yeah. really started getting heavy into bands that wasn't as jokey or actually writing from a lyrical standpoint that I've definitely grown so much in that 10 year stretch. Awesome. I like it. Rich, same, same question. So what do you think is the, the biggest thing that you learned about yourself so far when it comes to music as a whole or even wrestling too? With with everything, I, I think it, it comes down to the relationships that you make. And I think that if I've learned anything in the last few years and since I've been playing music or wrestling, it, it's you can't go it alone. In everything that you do, you might have the opportunity or you might have the drive to say, I can do this by myself, but it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to ask for for people to, to give their two cents and to help and better any project, be it music or, or a wrestling move or anything, you know, I, I got guys that I'll look at a move in wrestling and it's something that I've done since I was in high school. But, and then I watch a video of my buddy Greg or something and I watch him do it. I'm like, that's so much cleaner. And right. so I'm not, I could sit here and study that or I could go to Greg and be like, dude, how did you do that? <laughs> Same thing with music. When I get stuck on, there was, I'm, I'm thinking of one part in particular that was on the record um, in our song, um, about seven to seven. I just, I struggle with one part in it and it's okay for me to go to Kyle and be like, I don't get it. It's just, and it comes to find, you know, it's, it's off time part. It's just a different thing. And it's just like, I'm like, Hey, I am, can't land this to save my life. So he sits down and works with me until we get it. And then we got it. And now I can do it with my eyes closed. And it's one of those that, that it's all about relationships and who, you know, and and who you choose to, to let help you along the way that are going to ultimately shape the final product and ultimately shape what you're hoping to accomplish. I think speaking of the part that he was referencing in seven and seven, we have um, Brian Swindle from have mercy on that part. I forgot about that. Man. And when we're in the studio, he, he is listening to it and he's like, who the fuck writes this timing? <laughs> Cause it is just like, doesn't hit it there. And it try, works. Try playing it, it man. Yeah, like, it's, it's Kyle, Kyle's a, a genius, but holy shit, man. Cut me some slack. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. What do you think is the, the thing that keeps you motivated the most to continue to pursue music or even for you, like you have your whole wrestling coaching, you know, that's, that's such a big thing for you. I'm a people pleaser, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it, with the, it sounds so corny, man, but like I won, I, I did pretty well wrestling and I, I've got some medals and I've got some, some good things for me, but none of that. I had a kid a couple years back, take third in the state. And I, that was the most fulfilling I remember the drive home and it was only 45 minutes away or so. And I remember the drive home from that. I just, I was in, I was in awe. I was just so excited that, you know, that this happened for this kid and I was allowed to be part of it. And that I was just kind of uh, present for it. And even though 
I was his coach and I got to help him do that. Just being there with it and being in the moment with it and, and seeing how happy he was. That was, that was a big one for me. So really it's, it's about people pleasing and making, you know, and, and seeing how your result really affects other people and how it affects the world. Does that come through with music as well? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's funny. So people are like, this song did this for me. And it's like, well, for odds, if it's, if it's a birthright song, odds are I didn't write it, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, same thing with, with my solo stuff. And they're like, oh, this is how this song impacted me. And if I'm part of uh, a group that gets to, to make that person feel better. I had, uh, I had a kid email me a while back for one of my acoustic songs. He's like, hey, I just lost my grandma. He's like, this song, I, he's like, I must have listened to this song 80 times. He's like, this is just how I feel. Like, this song is how I feel. I can't put into words how I feel, but this is it. And it's like, you know what? That's great. And if that's the only kid that ever listens to that song, then I think it was worth recording because that did something for him and it helped him out. And it's the same thing with, with everything else you do in life. It's, it, if you can look back at it when you're finished and say, I, I'm, I'm happy with how it came out because the world is a better place or this person's life is better or, or this kid. I just had a, a, one of my wrestlers get his first win. He's been with me for three years and he just got his first win. And I, I could have cried. I yeah. mean, I, and it's wild because in that same tournament, we get kids, we're getting kids that are getting, you know, moving on to, to bigger tournaments in the same tournament. We're getting these kids that are going undefeated, but none of that. And not, not to say it didn't matter. Of course it mattered, but the highlight for me was that kid looking up when, when, when he won, he like looked up and he just kind of like, I did it. You know? <laughs> and his, his parents were losing their mind and I'm there and he, the first thing he does is run over and grabs me and hugs me. That's fantastic. And I'm just like, Holy crap. And he pulls me aside and thanks me and, and tells me that, that, you know, how much my time and effort has meant to him. And then you like, look back and you're like, you know what, this is, this is it. Yeah. Like th this is, this is that, that moment that you want as a coach. And if that moment isn't what you want as a coach, then you're not coaching for the right reasons. Right. You know what I mean? Cool. I think, I think that's so. it. I think that's it? Yeah, perfect. Thank All you. right. Birthright sucks. <laughs>